This podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. Stop take laughing, I'm talking about something serious. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, do you think John will still take her baby away? <laughs> Maybe. No baby to Stop, I don't think that's no swap. <laughs> I just want it. <laughs> I just need it. <laughs> Your baby. <laughs> He'll serve the watch. <laughs> Get a cloak on him. <laughs> Can he use the crossbow? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Vassals of King's Grave Dragoncast Edition. We're back this week to review the second episode of Game of Thrones Season 5, The House of Black and White. My name is Zach, also known as Alias in the podcast of Ice and Fire Forums, and joining me for this review, we have... Uh, hi, this is Greg. I'm Claudius the Fool on the forums. Hey, this is Matt Varley on the forums. Hi, uh, my name is Bing. Uh, I'm Shoeshine on the forums, formerly of Krakencast, and now infiltrating the Dragoncast. <laughs> claimed him for a while. Don't worry. He's loyal. This is Paul, known as Pod's Plight on the forums. This is Adam, known as Drowned Snow on the forums. This is Michal and Gezrain on the forums. And I think we were all a little bit intimidated by Zach's introduction. Yeah, I was in the why I went so like, oh, all right, let's go, guys. <laughs> kind of thing. This is Brett, White Raven on the forums. Hi, this is Stephen S.J. Lee on the forums. Uh, and that's everybody. We've got a, quite a few people for this time around, so it should be a lot of fun to get everyone's thoughts on this here episode, season or season five, episode two. Uh, I liked it personally. Um, if we want to jump into our lemon cake reviews, um, to explain lemon cakes, because apparently there's some confusion, <laughs> our lemon cakes are out of five. So five is the best. One is, I guess, the worst. Though we can go, we do smaller denominations from time to time. Uh, so yeah, and there's me, also bowls of brown. Yeah, Bulls of Brown, if you really hated it, that's just, uh, God, if you if you, if it was all just a mix of horrible things thrown into a stew. So yeah, uh, for me, I really thought it was a good episode. You know, there, there was actually a lot of people that seemed to not like it, which I was kind of surprised by, but I, I really enjoyed it personally. There's some gripes, and there's, I think, one big thing that we're probably going to be getting into late up in here, and uh, I think that'll be maybe the main source of contention with this one, this one. But for the most part, I really liked it. I thought most of the changes were good, though even though there are changes. They're pretty significant from, from what happened in the book, so that was kind of, you know, interesting to see and i thought it was all mostly good stuff and i just had a good time watching it uh, more than i did for the first episode so i'd give it like a 4.25 uh, there you go <laughs> out of five Three, out of six, five one yeah so you're six, one repeating. Yeah, break those out yeah uh, and uh in terms of how we're gonna you know review the episode again we'll be going by location so we're gonna be covering everything that happened in bravo's all the aria storyline before we move on though uh this time around we're gonna be doing king's landing chopped into because some of the stuff that happens in between is just too related to king's landing to 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 use it later so we're gonna do that but otherwise same as last time uh by location so uh how about you greg what did you think of the episode uh, i really liked it i mean i've feel like a broken record that i really like every single episode of the show but uh i gave it a 4.5 on the rewatch it might have come down a little bit um just because the night's watch part was so condensed but mm-hmm. i just was thoroughly enjoyed seeing kevin you know stand up to cersei even though he did it in a very sexist manner and uh just the um 
I just it was anytime Bron's on the screen and you get Bron and Jamie and I actually love Lawless too like that was a pleasant surprise but there are a lot of little scenes that I love the small council and uh, the Brienne stuff as, as well but I, I had no major complaints except for the uh, the Night's Watch and some Dorn stuff but really just they covered a lot and I was happy where they're going kind of scared with this with the uh, Sansa stuff a little bit but excited as well but mm-hmm. I'll stick with the 4.5 so I give it about four Lemmy cakes. I liked it. Um, some of the changes, it's just too early to decide whether it's good or bad. I have no idea, especially the Jamie and um, Bron stuff, where, where where they're going with it. Yeah. I really like the, uh, the actually really like the Marine stuff for once. <laughs> and I really actually enjoy Danny in this episode, which usually doesn't happen. But Yeah. Cool. All right, Paul? I'm going to go with the 3.46. It was uh, oh. quite enjoyable overall. <laughs> And um, it, you can definitely sense the divergences coming into play, and it can be a bit unnerving. But uh, I'm feeling perfectly calm going with the flow at this point and seeing how things play out. So a lot of good th- scenes, but not perfect. Still enjoyable. Carry on. Adam? Uh, I'd go with a solid four. Uh, a few a few minor issues, maybe one little bit less than minor issue or more than minor issue um but i just i don't know i really enjoyed it i like you guys i i really enjoyed the new content the stuff that we didn't know was going on um i don't know yeah i think it reinforces my idea that like it's best to view the first two episodes in one sitting they work well together michael yeah i i really enjoyed it i found that like i'm I'm just enjoying watching these episodes in a way that i haven't been for I mean, earlier seasons, like, I liked the show, but I didn't, like, enjoy physically watching the show. And, like, Danny's plot kept me, like, on the edge of my seat. You know, when Brienne met Sansa, I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Uh, you know, it's it's all very exciting. And I, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a lot. So I guess, lemon, right, <laughs> we do lemon cake ratings. Um, five. <laughs> five. <laughs> so this would be... It's not just opinions. We have to quantify things. Um, I guess it would be between 4.25 and 4.5. I, I really did enjoy it. Nice. So, Brett? So, I would I'd give it a solid three. I wasn't, like, crazy enthusiastic about anything, but I wasn't, like, sad about anything either. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a good episode. I The more stuff that changes, the happier I am because I'm just hoping that, like, when I read the books, I'll be surprised. So, I'm, I'm glad that stuff is going a little differently than it did in the books. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Stephen? I'd probably give it a three out of five, too. I think this is still very much a setting the stage episode uh, partnered with the first one of the season. There's not a lot to launch out plot wise from any of the the scenes we're looking at. You know, we're still checking in with a lot of characters and setting the groundwork for what the season will grow into. That being said, I I was excited to get a lot of statecraft in this episode. Uh, I will endorse the awesomeness of Kevin Lannister, one of my favorite (laughs) tertiary characters. Um, I think the show is getting really exciting and, and I'd echo McCall's statements there because as we get to the edge of book material and the simple adaptations that the show has to make because of changes they made or, or time considerations or character or plot consolidations, we're becoming more uncertain of what's going to happen. So the show naturally becomes more exciting. And, uh, I think that's a great thing going forward. Hopefully yeah. I'm optimistic. Uh, and one final thing, uh, Bravos was beautiful and it was really cool to see a setting that wasn't war torn and miserable and suffering. Yeah. Watermelons. <laughs> they have watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell that it's peaceful based on the watermelons, of course. Yeah. 
As long as they're Most not potatoes. Full of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, what were your thoughts? Uh, so first watch, I gave it like a three, but then I rewatched it and uh, I like it now. <laughs> so I'll give it four <laughs> lemon cakes. Uh, yeah. Yay. No. So a three is not liking it? Uh, well, it, we skew high here at the Vessels. We, yeah. we like the show to start, right? Yeah, and, you know, I think Mikhail said, it, like, watching it as a new viewer is very awesome. And it's like, now, this is how people have been watching it that haven't read the books. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't if, know what the fuck's going on. We could have felt like that the whole time. I don't know, right? <laughs> we made a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Spent so Shake many never hours. how to read. <laughs> I really like not knowing exactly what's going to happen next because a lot of things have diverged so radically from the books. So I'm I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah, and we kind of get an in-universe sort of, I mean, you can read it this way, kind of reference to the whole book reader not knowing much <laughs> at this point thing with, with Salise's comment yeah. we'll get to later. But yeah, that was pretty funny. I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was a cool little thing, especially since it, it, it wasn't just like for for us, but it, it actually fit the scene well too. So I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, so yeah, let's let's move into uh, our discussion on the episode itself, starting with Bravos, where we have Arya finally arriving here after her her, uh, you know, her departure back in season four, she is uh, brought to the House of Black and White by this guy that she took the ship with. He's a cool dude. You know, he's like her Uber driver, getting her over there. <laughs> and yeah, she, she approaches the place and uh, she is declined access by the man at the door. She she doesn't he doesn't know anyone by the name Jock and Hagar. He doesn't want any of that business. Uh, nope, so. You know what he says though? He says no one here by that name. <laughs> And afterward, I was like, oh, yeah, so, so clever, so clever. <laughs> when I was watching, I was like, dude, just let her in the door, you a-hole. <laughs> yeah. Gotta build tension. Yeah. yeah. If he let her in, we wouldn't have got the awesome pigeon head chop off scene. God, you know, there's some changes I can accept, but killing the pigeon before he gets any plot development, like, that, <laughs> that's too much for me. It was just a microcosm of Ned Stark. Yeah, I was just unacceptable. I was waiting so hard for her to call those guys camel cunts, and she never did, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> oh, oh, that would have been great. I didn't even think <sighs> just about a waste. that. I, I did like her line, though. The, uh,. Well, nothing's worth down. anything to dead men yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of like the whole like nothing is nothing the whole thing back in season four yeah. when, when biter showed up uh so any thoughts on this whole sequence so you know i think it's it kind of it kind of functions all together she she first shows up there and is declined waits around for a bit recites her names then eventually gives up throws the coin away and then goes out to live in the city and you know is accosted by those guys and then the jock and hagar guy comes in and scares him off and she's allowed inside so what are thoughts on this whole this whole sequence so did anyone else think of uh, Last Crusade where it's like, that doesn't look like a library. It looks like a abandoned church for the House of Black and White. I thought it looked like not as impressive maybe as I expected. At least it looked kind of drab besides the doors and the doors themselves weren't even that that cool like, yeah that well that was cool right it, it was like far away and like oh yeah yeah it was kind of like on its own sort of island kind of thing and that and yeah. you know some people took issue with that because it's different from the books whereas in the books it's in the middle of the temple district and it's kind of an open area you can go in to get yourself killed uh yeah do you I still guess. think they'll be a part of the, the whole uh, thing the whole maybe killing I, themselves there Maybe. I'm not sure. I think that it easily could be. I think that the whole thing about, like, Arya not being allowed in was kind of, you know, it was testing her, right? So it might not be a thing that's, like, the place is just closed at all times. 
Oh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if it's just a school to teach assassins, like that seems silly. That it, there's an op- it's open knowledge that oh, that's just the place where they train all the crazy assassins. Like it should be <laughs> temple, and there should be other stuff going on there. And like only in the super secret areas do you get the super secret assassin training. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe locals know what to say at the door when they show up, and they just want to come in and do their death stuff. And Arya doesn't know that. <laughs> there you go. You die. Yeah, Come but wouldn't also locals see like, <laughs> oh shit, someone's leaving that island? Mm. Well, like, no one leaves. No one leaves. Arya did. That's true. Yeah, did that's she true. just dive in and swim to the mainland? Well, I don't. I don't know if it was necessarily separate. Yeah, I there's maybe like a bridge or something. It's yeah. probably a peninsula, not a <laughs> island. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like that little the town in Waterworld where they where they floated all the stuff next to each other. You or, could walk around. Or like actual Venice, and she just took a ship over her boat. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime yeah. I get a Waterworld reference in there, I'm sure it's more like Waterworld. Yeah, eventually <laughs> someone came to visit, and just waiting for the smokers to show up. <laughs> But it was kind of funny, though. It was like, the house of black and white. Oh, my goodness. And, like, it's a completely normal-looking building, and it's just got these two doors. doors <laughs> I saw an interesting reading of that, 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 that maybe the reason or some a cool way of interpreting the fact that it, while it's the house of black and white, it's kind of got a gray exterior as a whole, and that's kind of highlighting the grayness in general of the show. Mm. I thought that was a kind of cool way of spinning it, but yeah, it's it's not as mm. remarkable. I mean, yeah, that's kind of a cheap thing to use, but yeah. I thought, I thought it was neat. Are we going to keep doing this hissing stuff? That's <laughs> I mean, we have to, right? I think no, that kind it. of thing sounds like sounds really good when you like read it, and then when you say it out loud, it yeah, sounds it's like, silly. oh, that but sounds I, tacky and stupid. Yeah, but I, I get, I get what you mean. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think like the fact that it doesn't look as maybe ex- impressive or maybe exotic. You know, I, I think the whole thing, the whole Bravos is not played up as exotic or foreign. It feels more lived in. It feels more real. Yeah. And I feel like it, it fits. It fits the, the Bravos that they're trying to build. I agree with that. Just from what we've seen from the inside of the Iron Bank and stuff like that, it seems like very like uh, like Greek columns, like very like neat lines and shit like that, rather than what he says in the books where everything seems to be more like Venice and like leaning in and built on it like next to each other that's fair um yeah i think that yeah obviously kind of takes away some of the bright colors aspects of 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 bravos in the books but i think this this is actually a more believable kind of interpretation of it like i can see this being like actual people living here not just like people in a carnival but right yeah (laughs) but yeah i thought it was thought it was fine so uh, do you guys think we were like spoiled do you think jack and agar really is uh, the old man uh, or do you think that's just the show shortcut of being like no this is where we are I hope not, because they're drawing it out way too long in the books. If that's Jack and Agar, right. that's that oh. seems a little too much. I, I'm I don't perfectly think fine either. with characters just disappearing. Like they don't all have to show up again, and just because he's like the one faceless man we know by name. I think that I means in the books, Jack and Hagar is pretty. We're pretty sure he's in the Citadel right now, right? Mm. So yeah, yeah, he is. You're right. Yeah. And then yeah. we're just not doing that plot line. In, yeah, I think well, this is no just, time. We're just not doing Old Town or any of that. So we're saving Old Town for season nine. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll get him there later. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna happen for sure. But you just use the the one guy that, in fact, all the all the TV show watchers remember and really like, and just use him again. It makes sense for TV. And really, yeah, when I you would... dig into it, there is no Jack and Agar. Any of right. those faceless men could use that persona at any time that they wanted True. to. Really, right. I think it's I the same. If they're gonna go though. that direction or not? Yeah, I don't think it's like a different guy wearing the face. I think it's the same dude. Right. I was wondering if they were going to do that where, you know, it would reveal that Jack and Hagar's face is one of many on the wall and, you know, the the kindly man stand in at the opening 
the black kindly man was would just reveal like, hey, anyone can become Jack and Hagar. He's not a one person. You know, Do you want to be Jack and Hagar? Try it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a face we all wear. It's a poor fit, but you can make it work. <laughs> one thing that I did kind of miss out on is when she first meets him in the book and he's like got that like decaying skull face and she like eats the worm out of it to just show him how tough she is. That would have been a cool cinematic thing. Yeah, I'm sad we missed out on that. but i mean i think i think they kind of accomplished that same kind of thing with that scene you know with i guess i'm just gonna call those guys bravos even though they're probably not but yeah those are pretty sad looking bravos if yeah (laughs) (laughs) and picking on a little girl like seriously guys yeah um but I, i yeah i thought that was that was effective that it was just kind of like Arya, I mean, none of it really, like, makes direct sense to me. Like, I'm not sure exactly what happened in that particular incident that Jaqen was like, oh, okay, now you're good, you know, (laughs) other than just wanting to string her along, which is fine. I mean, Jaqen could do that. Um, But, like, I don't, like, the logic doesn't, like, 100% add up to me, but, like, I don't that everyone knows what a faceless man looks like. <laughs> yeah. It must be the robe. There was that particular shade of red. I think it's the robe, yeah. And uh, another thing that occurred to me is he could have been like wanting to see if someone had sent Arya there, if she was like working for someone, and then if that was the case, then she would leave their little island and go report to somebody. But since she goes and lives in the streets and kills a pigeon, that means she's kind of desperate in there <laughs> on her own. They can tell as soon as she killed a pigeon that she's yeah, ready. That she's not there at someone else's request, that she's just there on her own. I don't know if this fits with anyone else's viewing, but to me it felt like – I've read a couple of reviews and they said Arya spent a day there. It felt like she was there for like more than a week to me. Yeah. So me maybe too. they were watching her the whole time and – you know, like that she was committed, that she had some of the necessary skills to to become part of the faceless men. But I feel like she definitely spent a day in the rain and then they <laughs> like, you know, went to another shot of her, like huddled under another thing. And yeah, like, well, I think the way yeah, you know I, this is that she only does the thing once a day. Maybe maybe not. Maybe she's just saying it over and over and over again. Maybe that actually is how it is. But normally she only says it once a day. So that's how I was kind of thinking that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So she came down in front of that place and nobody walked in. <laughs> she's like, hey, wh- why are you letting that fucker in? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> The way I kind of interpreted the whole, like, you know, eventually letting her in and why they made that choice was that I think that what the whole, like, throwing the coin away in and, and going to live in Bravos and just not caring about the, just, like, being totally shut down is that it's showing her detachment, you know, willingness to be, you know, no one and that whole thing. Because I think that it shows, like, a, a significant amount of, like, at least not caring to, 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 like she even says in the thing, like, cross the narrow sea, this is all she wanted to do, and to just give up on that and move on, like, that's a pretty big move. Yeah. And I mean, I think this this might be one of those things where we as book readers are at a slight disadvantage because we're not worried for Arya when she's turned away. We're like, okay, well, she'll get there in a minute, you know. Um, right. This, you know, if you're not a, a book reader, then you're kind of like, well, she's in Bravos now, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what's going to happen there, you know? Um, and I, I think watermelon merchant. <laughs> I think she has plenty of plans, but she'll I thought be, it was also cat of the cantaloupes. Of- <laughs> <laughs> uh, two out of five. Two out of five. Shut it down. And the podcast there. We won't do better than that. We're done. Yeah. It was also a nice callback to like her first, um, her first time on her own when she ran away from the Red Keep. You know, and she. I remember there was a scene. I think it's like right before Ned's execution that she like killed a pigeon or yeah. something and she like mm-hmm. snapped its neck and yeah 
she got better at it, that's for sure. Yeah, she definitely hit that. That one did not Although stand a chance. Technically, that sword is for stabbing, not for slicing. But I guess it's such a small <laughs> animal that you oh, can just <laughs> slice its head off. But you just hack it with a stick. Supposed to poke it. I thought in uh, <laughs> King's Landing she was using her wooden sword. She was. She was knocking yeah. them down. Uh, yeah. she just... So I would assume she definitely had to spend more time there. Because I'm guessing she wouldn't show up there one day, it rains, and then she's like, well, fuck it. Because, I mean, it seems like there's more, she would have waited longer than that. So, yeah, it makes yeah. sense that she would have been there for a week rather than one day. I think so, anyway. I'm not sure. It was kind of unclear since the rain was like a, a thing that seemed like it was happening overnight. But, yeah. All right. <laughs> let us move to Westeros in the Riverlands. And I guess the end of the Crossroads is this place. So we're, we're yep. in the inn of, of convenience. one inn in yep. all Westeros. <laughs> the only <laughs> one. <laughs> At least it's the same setting. Like it was the same building. Yeah, it seemed like yeah. the same kind of place. So, yeah, we go there. We have Pod and Brienne enjoying a nice meal. Pod's not making so – he's making some not-so-subtle looks at the serving girl who, who, who <laughs> offers him some ale. always subtle. He forgot yeah. what women look like. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. He's got but one there with him. God. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And he notices on his perusal that Littlefinger and Sansa are in the inn with him. So uh, he tells this to Brienne. She approaches, but Littlefinger and Sansa, they just shut her down because uh, they kind of don't trust her at all because she doesn't really have a make a very good case for herself. What does she want her to do? What, is, what does she want her to do? To come right around? Like, where would she take her? To the wall? I think- I think she was just asking to like join them and like be Sansa's personal guard. Yeah, she, she didn't want to go anywhere. She just wanted to jump on their bandwagon. <laughs> but yeah, yeah but she but... seems keen on not letting him be with Littlefinger. Like, and she doesn't accept that offer, yeah. even though it's clearly thinly veiled. We're going to kill you. <laughs> she, yeah, I think she wanted to separate him from Littlefinger. Or else she wouldn't have said uh, to Pod to like go find horses. She knew yeah. shit was about to go down. And Pod grabs one horse. Come on, Pod. We need two. Pod is not good with horses. We've established this. Yeah. Yeah. I like how she's like, just ride. And it's like his third time on a horse ever. <laughs> Her scaring away of those horses didn't really do anything. All the knights got horses immediately. I think two. She got two, like ran away. Like you saw two bolts. So she was minus Ugh. two. It was all right. Tried to I think chop they were uh, showing off how awesome the sword was. Because they did it a little bit later on when she broke the other guy's sword. <laughs> In a much sword. better way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I thought that was awesome. It's nice to show that this sword is better than other swords. So. Though it also has a lion hilt, which is not helping her case very much. Yeah, no. she should have no. had that swapped out. <laughs> Yeah, she should have explained, hey, this is your old sword that got destroyed. Oh, wait a second. Oh, you remember your sword, father? It melted down, and I'm using it now. But, but it wasn't my fault, I swear. I'm glad she's not quicker in conversation. When Littlefinger like, starts talking to her, she's like, I don't want to call her dumb, but she looks like she's just trying to think it all through, and it takes her too long. And that's like she a throwback also- to the books. She knows how silly, the, how bad the truth's gonna sound. Like, well, uh, Stannis was ki- uh, Renly was killed by a shadow. Like, oh, like that's her. Ch- it's the truth, but that's what she has to fall back on, and no one believes her. So it's just she, right. It's all. She, it's, kinda, she has no out. She was kind of like Book Davos in that way, and that she like. I love this thing that Book Davos always just goes and does something that is probably going to kill him. You know, <laughs> and he just goes and does this stupid stuff for Stannis that miraculously so far has not killed him. Like he's going to like whatever the Manderleys and he's going around to all these lords and he's like well this will probably end badly but just gotta do it and like Brienne was kind of the same thing like well this is definitely not gonna work once I say shadow I'm out of here but like you know I yeah I was also freaking out it is it is they're very dedicated to their truth and and I can't you know I think people were split on whether or not Brienne should actually have said that but like she wouldn't be Brienne if she if she tried to lie yeah. in any other way, yeah. you know. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't think right. she's. Go ahead. Oh, uh, just like where was anyone else kind of shocked that she just walked right over there? I mean, it, yeah. it makes sense. It like <laughs> speeds everything up. It fits her character. But you're like, okay, so she sees it. Now she's gonna kind of like hang back and figure out what's going on and be smart. No, no, no. She's like, well, I gotta go over there and deal with this right now. Well, this is Brienne we're talking. About. She's not so. Yeah. yeah. No. I got kind of cringy when she like got down on one knee. I was like, oh, this is not gonna end well. And then it was just one thing. Yeah, did not end well. But I understood Sansa the whole time. She has no reason to trust her because from no. well, she knows. She's a Lannister toady, and she kind of is. Like she, she's definitely doing what Jamie. <laughs> what she is? She doesn't know what she is. It's, yeah. it's, is she loyal to Jamie and the Starks? That doesn't work out. Yeah, that's tricky. She's loyal to Catelyn, who's dead. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> She, no, no, no. she didn't do a good job of explaining, and Sansa was a, a little bit uh, unreasonable. But she, she, you know, yeah, she kind of has earned she came the right from, to be came from a good point. Yeah, she she came she from had, like she the had place, a half like, a cup like, of ale. Really She's like anyone. half drunk also. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit tipsy. Yeah. <laughs> there was an interview with um, Gwendolyn Christie who said that the script actually called for and and I heard other people talking about this too, but I did not see it at all. That Sansa was like. When she when she told her to go, she kind of had this like, thank you, but he's going to kill you. So get out of here. Um, look in her eye, which I did not really see. But I like the idea that it's there because, you know, why not? You know, yeah. well, she's she says later that uh, do you really think she's safe with Littlefinger? And I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And since we don't know where they're actually going and I think she might be the Ramsey. Right. Well, speaking of, we get yeah. a mention of marriage proposal being accepted. Yeah. Here, and we mm-hmm. think it, it's 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 said to make it sound like it's Littlefinger, but that could be him, you know, doing some trickery. So what do you guys think is going on with that? So uh, to talk kind of about the meta of how the scene worked, I thought that the scene was basically the big key information in the scene is Sansa and Littlefinger's conversation. And Brienne, like, busting through the guards and Pod getting horses is all this elaborate distraction. And you can take that, you know, how many people were really paying attention to what Sansa and Littlefinger were talking about with all this other nonsense going on. And then the chase sequence to, to you know, pull attention away from that. So it was almost like the, the opposite or another form of the, the sex position trick. You know, mm. where it's like, here's this shiny object. Pay attention to this. Ignore the background information that's being seated in front of you. Uh, so that's if point, if yeah. if they're trying to pull something off, it'll be like, oh, no, we mentioned this marriage in episode two. And here it is in episode eight or, or whatever they're planning to kind of fool us and the viewers, people who aren't, you know, triple watching each episode to scrutinize every scene. Isn't the thought that, you know, they're going north, though? I mean... Like she's like they're maybe gonna set her up to marry Ramsay, but I mean I I still haven't seen the leaked episode, so maybe, you know I'm sure people listening have more information than I do on that. But <laughs> I, I mean like they, they dyed her hair. Could it possibly be they try to pass her off as Arya? I mean even though some people would know who she is, like back home in King's Landing, if if you say Sansa showed up at Winterfell, that would cause a whole lot of problems. Right. I think With Arya, I'm, she's three feet taller and four years older. <laughs> yeah, it's been a year. Whatever. <laughs> Girls develop faster than boys. Right. <laughs> then Brienne is playing Mance's role, right? Oh yeah. Because that's, yeah, so yeah. Eventually, they either got to be going. I mean, that's. I mean, because I honestly don't know what they're going to do with Brienne. It's either that or it's going towards something with the Brotherhood. But we haven't heard anything about the Brotherhood in like three seasons. So yeah, I don't and think we're pretty sure that Stoneheart's not showing up. So it's it's got to be in the North. 
All right. So, yeah, I mean, we're talking kind of about the plans moving forward. This kind of seamlessly goes in with what happens later with, with Brienne and Pod. You know, they run away. They're chased down by these guys. And we see Littlefinger making his escape with Sansa with the other guards. Um, Brienne cuts them down as Brienne do, uh, you know, <laughs> saves Pod and, and completely kicks ass. And then we do get that line about how they're going to go after them. And it, it does seem like they're being set up as the ones to try to rescue Sansa from, from Winterfell or whatever, whatever happens with them. That actually made me really sad because it was like, these guys aren't evil. They're just male soldiers that Littlefinger's sending, you know. It's like, I mean, I guess they probably would have been ordered to kill her eventually, but it, it all felt very, like, futile to me. And Well, he seemed to pick people that would obey the coin, right? Like, people that were that could be bought is who mm. he wants because that's what he trusts the most. Yeah, true. They were definitely cast as not the nicest looking guys anyway. They definitely <laughs> had the, like, sneering, like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> just working stiffs, man. Yeah, I hope none of them were Lothar Brune. She wouldn't have made it through the scene. <laughs> if they would have to cast Lothar Brune as as um, Jonathan Banks, I can't see him as anyone else. So. Hmm. Oh god, that would be great. Yeah, that would be so good. <laughs> just just grumbling the whole time in the bag, not not wasting one moment. Yep. Yeah. That means you have to get Bob Odenkirk as Mister uh, Coleman. Of course, also, just yeah. to add some levity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move ahead to King's Landing Part 1, where we get Cersei receiving her gift from Dorne in this weird box that, like, opens by pulling a handle on top, and it, like, opens up, but apparently she already knows what's in it, even though it doesn't seem <laughs> to close again. Uh, and the metaphor she, box. Yeah, the metaphor <laughs> box, where she gets the snake with the necklace uh, in its fangs. and, and I believe it's she, a viper, actually. Uh, sorry, a viper. Oh, God. I don't... <laughs> My snake knowledge is just inefficient. Fail. And so, yeah, she shows this to Jamie and, and, and kind of uh, laments the whole situation with Mar- Maricela is very un- upset. And Jamie decides that he will go to Dorne to make things right. <laughs> I, I like how he had to ask, Ran. like, where is, like, where do you think she is? She, of course she's in Sunspear. Like, you have to figure out where she's hiding. She's not hiding. But she's not in Sunspear. She's in the Water Gardens. Different place. <laughs> Oh, see, my shocking lack of knowledge. I forgot that. It's like, that's a summer palace, right? Cut this yeah. out. This Jamie's out. not such an idiot now, is he? Uh, <laughs> they're close by if it makes you the feel better. Bucks five minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely very funny. I think the first thought on a lot of people's minds was like, so Cersei like opened it and then put that box back together and then like had this all happen part two. Um, so I think that probably could have been written a little better. Like, I would imagine if Cersei got a gift from Dorne at all, she could have been like, uh, Jamie, like, come here, you know. But I really liked the scene. I think, you know, I I, I really felt Nikolai Kosterwald out in this episode, in this, mm. in this scene particularly. I thought that, that those, like, latent fatherly feelings, you know, he's very good at kind of at, at suggesting those without really doing that much. Um, and, and I, you know, I really thought that Cersei's behavior was understandable. Like I, you know, I, I, I felt her frustration and her fear and her, you know, I, I still am not such a fan of her being like, oh my gosh, Marcella was shipped off to door. And it's like, yeah, people get marriage betrothed. Like that's, that's what happens, you know? But in this case, like her freaking out for her safety is, is certainly more than understandable, <laughs> especially with the the whole you know Maggie the Frog, like she right. thinks something's gonna yeah. happen, right? She's got that smirking whore from Highgarden. Yeah, right that was there. that was the most Cersei thing I think that she's ever said, which I thought was really cool. I thought she did great with that. 
So yeah, so so Jamie says that he will be going uh, to Dorne, and he goes for help. He has to get the band back together, so he, he shows up at Stokeworth, <laughs> where Bronn is hanging out with Lolly Stokeworth, who is in the show now, apparently. Amazing scene. Yeah. So happy to see her. <laughs> yeah, this was really cool. I thought that she, you know, she's not the same Lollies as the book, obviously, yeah. like, none of that. She's better. Let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's call a spade yeah. a spade. Like. Yeah, she was so good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to someone, and, and I was like, she is a person and has lines and isn't naked and isn't oh, being raped and like she yeah. exists on screen exactly it's incredible i was i i actually loved that actress i thought she was a great mix of like slightly annoying but also you can yeah. tell like good-hearted simple <laughs> without being mentally deficient Exactly. Lawless <laughs> yeah. is depicted in the books wouldn't work on screen. It would yeah, make it would make Braun look like a monster. You know, modern audience isn't going to look at this and be like, oh, it's a dynastic ma- marriage. It doesn't matter that she's not really able to consent to this terrible union. It's it's it wouldn't play. She has to kind of be, you know, naive and simple as opposed to what Lawless is in the book. I mean, yeah. and I, I do think that George is a compassionate writer, but like he really uses Lawless as a as a punchline a lot of the time. And yeah. it like saw this and was just actually thrilled because I, I thought that this was a really good um, depiction of, of a character who like, I mean, who would have thought like, oh, Lawless was like a really cool part of the scene, you know? Um, and, <laughs> like there was a great like image yeah. set of like her seeing Jamie and being like, Oh my god, it's Jamie! And she's also totally on board with Bronn killing her older sister, so I like her for that. Yeah, I don't think she caught on. No, she that, uh, she's playing she's playing playing dumb. She understands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was secretly the mastermind. Yep. <laughs> so do you think this is the last that we'll see of her? Because that would be sad. I hope not. Maybe I at the end, like after Braun comes back, or maybe well, Jamie so, comes back with Braun's dead body and she'll be crying over it or something but, like that. But, but he's being betrothed to someone else now. Jamie like killed I, that whole thing. So uh, I think we're done with her, unfortunately. Though, yeah, yeah. it sucks. Maybe I'll, they'll find landing and like make her one of Marjorie's ladies. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe Braun comes back and is like, no. She's still mine. <laughs> She's mine. I love her. <laughs> well, I don't think both of those men are coming back from Doran, but we'll see. Oh. Hmm. as a side comment, I thought Stokeworth was like the coolest place we've yeah, seen was... forever. Like, I, that, that's yeah. the place I want to live. It's got like beachside yeah. property, the flowers everywhere, like cool looking castle. I'm in. I want to live there. Yeah, it was like better. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't know, Bron. Like, this is actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's crappy inside. It's maybe a little bit too close to King's Landing for comfort. True. Might want to be a better climate. <laughs> I like uh, Bronze acting job at the beginning of this scene because it's. I understand what, exactly what he's going through with his girlfriend just yapping on and on about a wedding. <laughs> he's just, oh, oh, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> he he was sport. He was. He was nice. For what? Yeah. And then he saw Jamie fucking Lannis. All right. So, yeah, I think that that's pretty much it for this bit. We have Bronn agreeing to go on the trip. And, yeah, so we move over to Dorne. My sister texted me today. She's like, it's like fan fiction. (laughs) Like, Bronn and Jamie are going on the trip. Like, it's Tyrion's just, like, having fun. And uh, so it's fine. So let's go ahead and move to Dorne where we get the Water Gardens, this first look at Dorne we've had in the show where Ilaria is is not happy. She's kind of had some bad shit happen lately. So she's she's kind of in a bad mood as she watches Maricel and Tristan, uh, you know, cavorting about. And she approaches Arya Hota and, and, and abandons an audience with Prince Doran. And he lets her in and kind of just shuts her down, her attempts to, you know, get revenge for O'Baron's death. He's not interested. Uh, I like Arya Hota's axe slash 
spear with a sword on the end thing. <laughs> it's pull X or whatever. Yes, that's what that's called. I think. Is it? It looks awesome. It's a real thing. It looks super it, ceremonial, I so. but I think it can do some damage. <laughs> he's married to the axe, guys. Of course, it's a real thing. Oh, he's married to that? I think he's yeah. overcompensating. He definitely conveyed the <laughs> badassery I expect of Ario Huta, so that was cool. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm, I, do, I totally understand why they have... No, I, I don't understand why they have cut Ariane. I understand why they have made um, Ilaria the kind of war-hungry yeah. one in this equation. I, I get it, and I, I don't object to it per se, but I do kind of miss her. Like she's she's so dignified and like mm. great in the books. And like it's not that she's not great here. Like it, it makes perfect sense. It's just you know that that kind of having that mirror of the books kind of makes it like. But but Ilaria would never want to cut off Marcella's fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think Ariane would want to cut off her fingers. But no. yeah. I think they're going to fold her, Alaria, into the Ariane character a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they won't go so far as having her, like, seduce Jamie or Braun, but th- she's the one, you know, who's going to probably have some plot on the side, and she's going to get somebody killed by Aria Hoda. She's, she's also Darkstar, though. She's got that. I was going to say, are we going to oh, get no. Darkstar? No, 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 Amin got cast as Darkstar. In the, oh, yeah. Cool. Right. Oh, I forgot. He's un- right, right. Un- uncredited, but he's there. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oberon would be upset that his paramour is trying to chop off girls' fingers after he got done telling Cersei how they don't hurt little girls in Dorne. Yeah, yeah, I think the whole thing is she's kind of blinded by grief, like she's not thinking straight. I, I, I think it's okay. The only issue I had with it is what is her political authority here? I guess yeah. she has like the Sand Snakes with her, and that's the main thing. But like, I just wasn't understanding why, like, you know, she's a bastard, and they have more rights in Dorne than normal bastards. But she, she, it just seemed weird that she was the one kind of making this this revolution go. She's right. the Dowager Powermore. The Dowager Powermore is a hot position. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, Oberyn wasn't anything. He or wasn't he's ruling. He wasn't ruling though. He doesn't have power either. So You can you can get away with that in Dorne. Like I think that actually, you know, just the fact that she's like up there yelling at him, you know, that is probably also meant to tell us like this is not King's Landing. This is not you know, people do speak their minds and do get away with things that Kevin they... spoke his mind. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Let's see how long that lasts. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that that makes sense. She definitely, like, has the will of the people behind her, too, so that's kind of where maybe she's she's deriving that influence. Um, I, I can buy it. Like, I didn't really have an issue with her being that character. Obviously, it's different from the books, but, I, yeah, I thought it was fine. It sucks we have no Ariane once again, but, yeah, that's just how it is. I thought Doran was excellent, though. I thought mm-hmm. that he, that, that Alexander Siddick killed it as Doran. He just was so Doran to me. I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Agreed. Like, his whole line about, like, not while I rule, like when he's talking about the, the mutilating thing. Like, he just, he sounded so, like, ah, uh, yeah, it's badass. I like him. I'm in. He didn't seem too <laughs> uncomfortable or, like, in pain from his gout. He seemed to be pretty chill and healthy looking. Yeah. Well, he never moved. But we didn't see his feet, to be fair. But he and didn't also, know, like... He did no grimaces or it didn't look like he was in pain at all. In the book, he's like constantly suffering. Well, you can read it that way. You yeah, can but read it as him grimacing the entire time. I think that was kind <laughs> People of... People be like, is he shitting? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, think he, I think he manages is his that pain. Kind of well. like he, he keeps it together when he's talking to people, and then he can be like in super pain around you know, Aria Hota and, and Aria. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we have to flip our tables, of course, because... There were no blood oranges. Oh my give, god! Give it time. Give it time. Still time. Oh, it's the pigeon all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointing. 
All right, so yeah, that's pretty much everything with, with Dorn. It was a short bit and it's kind of just an introduction. I hope we get a lot more because, yeah, like I'm said, I'm, I'm loving Doran, Doran so far in the show. I thought that was really cool. Do you think have... uh, Bronn will be Darkstar? And slash <laughs> just <laughs> randomly, he's like, I'm of the night, I'm Darkstar. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I get what you're saying. Because oh, Jamie maybe. and Bronn are going to have to pick, like, secret names to call each other. He'd be like, I'll be Darkstar. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'll be gold leader. I'll be dark star. I'll be gold leader. <laughs> Make it happen. Oh my gosh. There you go. But guys, honestly, I really, really think that Jamie is Aries Elkhart in this situation. Maybe. Got Are you going to put money on that? You think they're going to kill Jamie in this I season? I think they're going to kill Jamie this season. How many screeners do you have? <laughs> I have seen the next. He dies in episode three. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are no Dornish in episode three. I'll tell you that. But oh, oh, wow! Spoiler. Don't tell us that. Sorry. Oh, it's already lost of them in case, man. It's just my my theory. I just think that that that's where this is going. That he's going on this grand thing to save Marcella, and it's going to end with Ario Hota chopping his head off. It's totally possible. All right, so let's 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 go over to the other side once again of the Nervousy, going to Illyria's wheelhouse and or what are they called? What's it called in the book? Like the what are they, those things that move? Palanquin. Palanquin. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different thing. In the book, he actually they're in like a yeah, in like a litter kind of thing. But whatever. That's a carriage. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, Illyria is not here. It's It's a box. It's a box. They call as it a we've, box. As it's like heard. what Cersei used in season one. <laughs> Covered wagon. There you go. And we have Tyrion and Varys here talking, doing their, their Tyrion and Varys thing, it feels like, so far in this season, just talking about stuff. And we get some. <laughs> just two guys talking. Just two guys hanging out. We get some witty whipart. Uh, rip that. You know what I'm saying. Witty stuff. Repartee. Repartee, Repartee being exchanged here. We have the whole. Um, are you going to just talk about how futile everything is in Tyrion's? You're right. There's no point. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Maybe line of the episode there. So, any thoughts on this whole this whole thing that we're getting here is. As, as we kind of get more in information on Varys and Tyrion as they head toward Volantis. Volantis, not Marine. Not Marine, true. So we get, I think that's the right. first time we get that information, yeah. And Tyrion doesn't like being put into a box, whether that's a physical box or the a metaphysical box. box. Yeah. Even if it's a poopy box or if it's a nice <laughs> non poopy box, he does not like it. Right. I, I'm Varys, pretty sure he's shitting boxes. in both boxes, but. <laughs> Except for the one that's in his mind. Mm. Maybe he's claustrophobic. <laughs> no, but Varys doesn't like being put in a box either, and that's why he can't rule. He likes opening boxes. He's been denied that privilege here. <laughs> it's that crowbar. He's got that crowbar. Well, he's trying to open a box. I actually think Tyrion does maybe have some claustrophobia at this point, because, I mean, Varys, Varys kept him in a really... It was small. Like I could, I could imagine that being legitimately traumatic for, yeah. for Tyrion, and, you know, just... He's also trapped in his own head. Like, let's get real. You know, that's why he's drinking so much because he can't he can't deal with this. Um, he can't deal with the fact that he murdered his father and he murdered Shay. And he's his mm. life has completely changed. Even even between like him being arrested from for for Joffrey's murder, you know, it hasn't been that long. Especially if most of the time was spent either thinking in a cell or an in huge amounts of terror, and then sitting in a box for like a while across the narrow sea and whatever. Uh, so so it, it 
totally makes sense to me that Tyrion is just a rock right now. And I like that the show is not skimping on that. Like, I, he's definitely not as nasty as he is in the books. But I I appreciate the the darkness there. The melancholy. Yeah. 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 They're, they're handling it's it very there. well. Their conversation had me thinking, do you think, because we know that Varys was in touch with Jorah, you know, originally, that he was his contact. Do you think he knows that Jorah's in Volantis and he's going to be their guide back to Meereen? Or do you think it's going to be like a, a chance meeting, kind of like it was in the in the books? Well, yeah, I mean, what's the point of going to Volantis, I guess? And it seems like he has some plan, so that could easily be it, yeah. It would be simple. They don't have to introduce, you know, more characters. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. very clean. Except for a whore. Yeah, what are they going to do that scene? I, I don't they're know. not. They've whitewashed Tyrion as much as they can. I mean, they're showing him as he is, but they're not going to make him into a rapist in the in the show, I don't think. Especially really? after what happened with Jamie and, and Cersei last season. There was a bunch of random news this week about Daenerys's like body double that she has. That that I you know like I don't know why, but yeah, some person revealed that she was Daenerys's body body double, and I guess they liked her so much that they wrote a part for her. So some people think that maybe that'll be the Daenerys lookalike uh, that Jorah has. <laughs> Makes huh. a lot of sense. I'm glad we got the the line like the best part of her for the best part of me when he's like he should have offered her her cunt, her cunt instead of the the uh, lordship. Yeah, that was very Tyrion for sure. And then I love the transition. Like, does she intend to kill every single dwarf in the world? Like, how many can there be? And then we immediately cut to, to Cersei with her plans to kill every single dwarf in the world. So let's go to that where we. And that's actually really naive of you, buddy. Like, yeah. yeah. This is Cersei we're talking about here. Yeah. So, so yeah, we go to back to King's Landing where we see Cersei uh, hanging out in Quyburn's laboratory, who where apparently anyone can go in to see what's going on in there. Uh, so so what is I can those use heads. Why? What is? What do you mean? What, what he's gonna do? They're chopping off Gregor's head to send a Dorn, and that dwarf's head's going on that body. Did you guys notice the Gregor body laying on the right side? <laughs> yes. Just totally inconspicuous. This thing <laughs> on the blanket over the right. <laughs> I missed it. I missed Wait it the first minute, time. I only watched it the second. I missed it. Yeah, right on the right side of the screen, you can see the uh, big body just covered in a sheet, just laying there on a table. Oh <laughs> shit! Now I gotta watch this again. <laughs> And he wasn't moving, so are we like assuming he's dead or like just on pause for reanimation? There hasn't been significant lightning yet to get him off. <laughs> we haven't started the animation. That's the next some bolts. <laughs> I mean, but I assume he's dead because last scene he was, we saw him, he was screaming in pain from the burning of the poison and then peacefully on a cot. So. Yep, dead for now dead for now mm. uh, not, so not dead. i thought it was kind of very cersei the whole like oh they can leave mistakes happen we wouldn't want to we wouldn't want to um scare the other hunters <laughs> oh because she obviously doesn't care she's you know totally brutal they, they, those hunters or the the guys who killed him did go through the trouble of like cutting a slash into his face to make it look like it was uh True. it was oh yes right that's a really good detail yeah those guys they know what they're doing <laughs> oh, not really. In the book, they did it too. Like they cut off a dwarf's nose. Yeah, yeah. they do do oh that. Oh my yeah. god! All right, so yeah, we let's get to the final scene in King's Landing, where we have the the small council meeting in the awkward small council meeting chamber, <laughs> yeah. uh, where we get you know all these people, and Cersei's basically giving out new titles for them, and not hand of the king, uh, obviously, and uh, Pycelle's mad about about Quyburn being involved because he's a disgrace. And Kevin is is tired of all this shit with Cersei, you know, <laughs> controlling everything, so he gets on out. Kevin is I, badass. Yeah, I could just watch Ian Gelder all day. <laughs> I hope he doesn't disappear for most of the season. I hope he's around still. I think yeah, he'll be back when the thing with Cersei goes down, right? right. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Show yeah. Up, yeah. 
He'll definitely be back during when she has to do her walk. Just to see the Yankees. Ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, I, you know, obviously I'm not like rooting for Cersei in this scene, um, but it it was a little bit like, you know, Kevin was reacting this way because it was Cersei, not necessarily because she was doing anything. You know, I mean, Robert never showed up at, you know, councils. Like, I doubt Joffrey, you know, when he was there, it was just a total shit show, you know. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's not the craziest thing in the world for Cersei to be like, the king isn't here right now. Obviously, we know it's because Cersei is Cersei and is being like, Tommen, why don't you play with kittens instead of coming to learn how to be a king? <laughs> but, you know, Kevin's, Kevin's opinions were a little bit like, I will not take orders from a woman. And it's like, well, you know what, like she it like you're you're gonna kill way more flies with uh, kill way more flies. well this is game of thrones yes wow. you're gonna kill way more flies with, with a fly swatter than you will with like throwing water at them um i don't <laughs> even know what am i saying? That saying i don't think that's how it goes <laughs> honey, go something about honey you should have mentioned about honey. Honey. that's how it goes in the books guys Oh, yeah. Useless as flies on a fly sweater. <laughs> right. Well, part of his anger, I mean, yes, he did have the line about you're, you're a queen mother, nothing more. But also maybe he expected her to name him Hand and the fact that she made up a fake position to uh, to pacify him. He might have been pissed off at that. And also the fact that she's she's insinuating herself as if she's in control where she doesn't have a title, correct? Like she is not. I mean, is she still the protector of the realm, I guess? Yeah, for the she next should be, shouldn't she? Like, she's why wouldn't she be? the queen mother. She's the queen mother, but nobody has named the protector of the realm because okay. Tywin is dead. Right, oh, so he expected so, yeah. something more and not a made-up. Maybe we don't even know if it's, a ma- it's made up to us, but maybe for all we know it is just like a temporary position to be used during times of war. I don't know. All yeah. I know is Kevin looked peeved off as soon as she sat down. Don't put a lady at the head of a table. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing in my presence, woman? (laughs) And I did love Kyburn's smugness. Like he just sat down and was like, "Mm, "I belong here." Yeah, he just sat there, didn't say anything. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was very. Well, he just got head. So see why. I really like him too. Yeah. Yeah, he's like really good at being like. I got that. (laughs) But he's like not scary, right? But he like makes my skin crawl because he's you know we we have inklings of what's up to. Exactly, yes. But I think he would probably make uh, viewers skin crawl, too. Well, I think that Kevin is mostly pissed because after Tywin, he's the second one, the second highest among the Lannisters in yeah. Lannister hierarchy, right? So I, I don't know if it's just a regular sexist fin or more like he expects more to be given much more authority than he is obviously being shown. I think if, he if, just sees Cersei for what she is. It's true, that too. And I mean, it's Tommen's job to be filling these posts, right? I think I think part of his objection, you know, I'm not going to disagree with Mikal that there's clearly a sexist angle on this, but there is, you know, it's a it's violating the precedent. The king appoints the members of the small council. The king names the hand. But did and Joffrey? Be decisions. I mean, it's not no, that because, different. No, you know. no, no. I mean, he respected Tywin. He's been sitting for. I mean, how old is he? He's been sitting behind Tywin, you know, as the good little brother for how long, right? And he's like, it's my time now, like. You know, and, at, and at the very talk- least, I should be able to. I should be important, right? Over the over the queen. Like, what does she have to do with anything? I think that's sort of where his head's at. And when Joffrey became king, he named Tywin his hand. You know, it was announced in the throne room, seemingly under his instruction. Not obviously true, but yeah, uh, the appearance was there. 
and also think about who's sitting on that table. So you have Kyburn, who is obviously raised up by Cersei. You have Mace Tyrell, completely <laughs> oh, easily Mace piece. Tyrell in this scene. <laughs> oh, I'm Master of Coin, yeah! And Master then you have Pythian of Coin. <laughs> And so, so, so when, when you're sitting among this company, you obviously feel like you, you're you're just a pawn because all you're sitting literally next to three pawns. That's true. That's true. I think it's a combination of all these things. I think I think there's definitely like a sexist part. You know, the way he's he sure. says it is like you're just the queen mother. You're nothing, and and that's definitely a part. But I also do think it is that he he thinks she's manipulating things, and she she's kind of like not ha, does not have the best <laughs> intentions for for Tom and her for things in general. And I think that is a part. And and also that he feels he deserves something. I think it, this is all part of his thought process. And I thought that it was really cool that that for, at least for me he was able to convey all that and what he did. Yeah, I mean it's definitely like I. I Kevin is not like, you know, the boogeyman here. Like he has some legitimate complaints and he does have some personal aggrandizement, I think, that's going on. Um, But I think it also illustrates a little bit of Cersei's like lack of savvy, you know, because she she gets to the point where she's like, oh, I'm, I'm just acting on the king's orders. But it's so obviously a lie that it would have been way better for her to like coach Tommen and be like, you know, and 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 have him make all these appointments and what can they say in that case you know um he's he is hearing you know kevin would hear all that from the king um but then cersei wouldn't be sitting in the hand of the king's chair and you know leading this council and um so i think i think there's definitely like shades of gray in the house of black and white episodes (laughs) There you go. Oh. Back. Nice, 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 nice. So let's, so let's go ahead and, and depart from King's Landing, unless anyone else has anything to say, and move to the wall where I think this is probably my favorite scene in the episode. We have uh, Shireen inducting a new member into her growing book club, that being Gilly. Teacher I, I, S. No, I have to say, like when this came on my screen, I started like moaning. I was just oh. like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, it's it was, so cute. It's yeah. too cute. <laughs> and Gilly was just so funny. Like, I know S. <laughs> excitement over that yeah. um, and the other thing that I guess we have here is, well, there's not really much that's really done except that you know it's, Sam is clearly looking for precedent for a young Lord Commander he has he has Osric Stark who who is a character in the books he exists he's not someone they made up uh, like like Horus or whatever <laughs> oh that did not is even that's yeah he's smart. I love that's I was so happy they did that, you know, where they, they could have gone the other way and just made up a fake name, but they didn't. Nice. Why do you think the uh, sh- fuck, uh, Gilly's being so mean to Sam? Because Sam their dynamic, was patient yeah. in teaching her how to read. Yeah. And she wasn't being mean. She was she was being she was just uh, the part of their repartee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. She I was guilt tripping very... the shit out of him, okay? <laughs> I thought it was benign. <laughs> I, I thought it was okay. I, and I, I think It was that... more playful than yeah. mean. Yeah, I thought well, so. It, it also might be tied into the whole um, election, you know, and that's something I think they probably could have played up a little bit more like, you know, oh, my gosh, the election's coming. The election's coming. We're, we're taking votes. And then it's suddenly like with Stannis and John's like, so choosing a Lord Commander tonight. And it's like, oh, OK, I guess it's happening now. But like yeah. that tension from last week with Gilly being understandably nervous that um, Alistair Thorne would become Lord Commander, I think is, it might be part of that. And totally went over my head that that sam was was researching lord commanders but you're right that's exactly what he was doing and that's very smart so and then we get the bit about the grayscale i'm not sure what 
the point there's going to be a point to this right and and yes. we get some of this in the book too you know val is like scared of grayscale and now we have like this grayscale from the north with the craster people i just love this though i loved it so much because it was like oh my gosh shireen thank you so much for teaching me how to read you're the best you know my sisters died horribly of that disease that you have let me explain it to you in detail isn't that awesome? Exposition fairy. <laughs> but where would Gilly learn her social graces from? She didn't really have a proper upbringing. No, but I, I, it's a little mm. tact, maybe. You know. Well, well, I thought they brought it up the grayscale that she would maybe be put off and play like, you know, do what Val does, where she's like, you must, you know, freaked out by her, but they didn't play that up at all. It's just like, yeah, no. we're cool with it. I mean, my father didn't like it, but yeah, I know that. So I don't know if they're going to be playing that it's like a crime against God kind of thing that, that it yeah. is like, or like an unnatural thing that must be destroyed Shun. So, I mean Solis is doing a pretty good job of that on yeah. her own <laughs> as a child of incest oh yeah Gilly you're right yeah no, I thought you were calling me a child of incest Matt you're so mean God, Matt, just calm down Yankee fan <laughs> <laughs> see it took me so long to remember that Gilly was Craster's daughter already I was like, she's like, oh, my father and my sisters. And I was like, it really took me like till my second viewing to be like, right, that was Craster. And those were her sister wives, not just her sisters. And right. yeah. yeah, you get the bit with Celise telling her, you telling her like, like, you don't know anything, all your books. And you don't know what people will do in reference to Gilly. Not a fan of Gilly, obviously hanging out with her daughter, I guess, even though she, she doesn't seem to ever care about what her daughter does, uh, does otherwise. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> anything on this besides just like the the reference to book readers not knowing what's going to happen <laughs> something <laughs> bad it was like a tip of her saying i'd burn your ass shireen so you just <laughs> be careful <laughs> that does seem to be what is being foreshadowed we should yeah see. every time they show Solis, i just think of that one split scene of like the first trailer of her like lying in the in the snow screaming and mm-hmm. i just i don't think that bodes well for for shireen mm-hmm. and uh i do not I'm want gonna that lose to be my the case. shit guys if that happens i'm really gonna lose it That'd be too bad because I think Shireen, you know, kind of like Braun and other of these more minor characters, once you put them on screen, you know, the, the dynamic between Shireen and Davos last season or in previous seasons and now Shireen with Gilly, that was great. It, it builds the character up and it makes it harder just to say, OK, and now she'll be burned at the stake for whatever reason to advance, you know, the next stage of the story. It, it gets harder for writers to make yeah. those kind of commitments. Yeah. That's it's like true. the unsullied method, right? Give him a mm-hmm. puppy and then kill it. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> I guess going back to the books, like I've thought for a while that Grayscale, that something's going on with Grayscale, you know, between John Connington and the whole thing with Gilly and, I mean, not Gilly, Val. Um, and this, you know, this does indicate to me that that this plot line is going somewhere, you know, and, and I, I, don't, I don't think that goes anywhere good. <laughs> No, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, mass plague is usually bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just doesn't generally end well for the most part. Let's move to the scene where Stannis offers uh, John, you know, legitimacy in Winterfell. He he says all this, and you know, we were kind of predicting this last episode. This is what he would end up doing as he does in the books. He, he you know, it says, "I'll make you a Stark if you give me the North." And John, despite the fact that this is everything he ever wanted, you know, refuses eventually. Uh, the other big thing we get in the scene is, you know, he as introducing this topic, we get Liana Mormont. Mormont. 
in, in, in written form, um, saying, you know, her whole, like, Bear Island knows no king but the king of the north whose name is Stark, which is, you know, one of the best moments in the Ever. book. Yeah. So it was awesome to see that represented in the <laughs> show in some way. So, yeah. In, the, in a the... childish scroll. Yeah, yeah that's what I was say. The penmanship is straight up grade school, which just makes it all the more compelling. <laughs> I want to know how they address, how she addressed it to Stannis. Like, what did she write his name as? <laughs> <laughs> Dear King Poopy Pants. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so any thoughts on this whole bit with Stannis and John? Obviously, it was a pretty cool scene. It's cool to ever, always see them interacting, and and we get this cool moment in the books where where John gets this this offer that he ultimately ultimately refuses. Well, I feel like they left out a line, or I just missed it. But in the books, he offers to make him Lord of Winterfell, and doesn't he also offer to like? absolve him of his Night's Watch vows? Because what's the point of making him a Stark? Well, I think that's assumed. Yeah, yeah. that's assumed. Okay, but well, they should have mentioned that. Because they didn't mention that on the show. I was like, well, you make him a Stark, but he's still going to be in the Night's Watch. He's like, I'm, I can't break my vow. Right. I knew he was like, going to turn it down because in the book he offered that and a sweet wildling chick, and he turned him down, so there's no way he was taking this lesson <laughs> This deal was way worse. <laughs> <laughs> but HBO seems to always go out of their way to reference, like, to clarify stuff for the people who don't know what's going on, and I felt like they should have done it there. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, Benjamin Stark was a member of the Night's Watch, so but he could he could hold no title, so he would yeah. if he was Lord of Winterfell, he couldn't be a member of the Night's Watch. All right. So, anything else before we move to the Lord Commander election scene? I think this will be maybe our biggest point of of discussion. <laughs> so yeah. why? Why? That, that was, was like exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that that scene starts with John like giving this moving speech. Like it's the first thing I not even the first thing I wanted, the first thing I can remember wanting and it's, you know, so intense and then it's like classic Kit Harrington, I'm going to turn him down. <laughs> Sam was so moved that he was like, I'm going to make this man a leader. I'm do it. So yeah, that's what, that's what we get. So Sam, you know, puts John's name forward for the election. His opponents being Alistair Thorne, as opposed to Janice Slit in the books and Dennis Malister. No Cotter Pike here. And, and Dennis I want Mal- Cotter Pike. Dennis Malister gets like three votes for you. And then he dies. They should have showed everybody leaving the room, and he's still sitting there, just <laughs> face down in a pool of blood. Well, this got oh, very no. dark. <gasps> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That's terrible. Uh, I'm sure J.J. Murphy is a very nice actor, and we wish him, his family, all the best. Sorry. Uh, I didn't want the actor to die. The actor did die. That's why. Oh, did he really? Yes. Well, I'm an asshole. Way worse. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were joking. (laughs) I didn't know he was actually dead. Did they just prop him up for the scene? What happened? (laughs) 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 We are the worst. Oh, no. oh, no, I didn't win. Huh. It was a weekend at Bernie's session. <laughs> 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 a posthumous title. I'm pretty sure Malister's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I think, yep. <laughs> oh, God, okay. So, yeah, um, <laughs> Sam, you know... Kind of shuts down Janos Slint. We we get that. You know, he gets his awesome like, oh, he was he was cowering, the coward cowering with the the ladies and the children. Gilly was not cowering. Yeah, so Gilly wasn't cowering, but Gilly had a freaking rack of lamb. She was ready to take someone down. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and you know he just kicks ass in that way, and it's cool because it's it's very Sam still. I mean, it's clearly him gathering his courage, I guess, in the same way he does in the books at this point. But it's still it's still like very like hesitant, kind of like you know like you know bumbling kind of Sam way of making this 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 declar- declaration so I thought that was really really well acted 
I didn't think he was that bumbling. I like how he's a little less timid. Well, he's, less, he's definitely less than in the books, but it, it wasn't like full. Like a, I didn't feel like he was a completely different person. Right. You could right. you could definitely feel the John Bradley shining through when you hear him do interviews. Yeah. So he's got that kind of that's true, witty yeah. repartee. True. That's so, the third time we've said repartee, and I can't even. I still can't even say it properly. So <laughs> I think Paul's the only one who said it properly. <laughs> So yeah, this is this is the main like I've seen a lot of discontent over this because it's not it's not just that it was a change from the books. Obviously, in the books, this is much more involved. You know, we get like election after election that's deadlocked. They can't because they need a certain amount to declare. They need like what two thirds or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. they need that to make a Lord Commander. Whereas here, it's decided by one vote. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think you have to cut it down. Like obviously, oh yeah, like this much. I mean. I like it would have been nice if they were like, oh, yeah, people are coming in from the shadow tower. Like if they made a little bit more of like a big like this is kind of a big deal. We don't just do this on every third Wednesday. Yeah, it definitely felt like like you're saying it felt too fast. It felt like it not like a significant moment. And that's the big thing because it should be right. Like it's this huge thing with John being elected Lord Commander. It's going to drive his action for the rest of his, his life. <laughs> yeah, it happens, like, behind his Such back, as it is. Like. Such as it is. <laughs> Especially since Spoilers. like, don't you think that like. You know, the the Mormont died in season three, right? Like yeah. close to the beginning of season three. They've they've been without a Lord Commander for a good long time. And I think I, I, I do agree that the audience probably could have stood a reminder of the fact that this was a, a massively significant thing. This this was really important. And, and no, you know, Ed, we didn't even see Ed, and we didn't get his line about "Stop, don't vote for me," <laughs> that, which yeah, I was really well, looking forward to. Maybe they the last episode. How many, how many <laughs> like different shaped them. tiles do they have? Like, why didn't they just? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if they're putting them on different stakes, why didn't they just put them on stakes? Why they have and to break that like, box? Yeah. Yes, I, exactly. The, the, I, I think the idea was so it would be anonymous, but then you'd have to pick up the specific one from a bucket anyway. Exactly. Like, so that that Amon could tell the difference. You think like uh, if they're like braille braille voting? <laughs> Dennis Malister's oh, like, God. I still got a pile left on that table over there. <laughs> Nobody fucking voted for me. He had seven weird when he won because like it looked like they were congratulating Dennis Malister. He was like, ruff, 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 and, but, like that's what, that was they, they were trying to resuscitate him actually. <laughs> oh, they were actually all right, guys, come on. Decorum, please. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, so yeah. So um, the other thing I noticed, I mean, we can talk more about the whole, like, whether this was a good choice by them and, like, it, that it felt rushed. But the other thing I noticed that it seemed like Ollie should have been more upset by the revelation that, that his girlfriend was the wildling. That you regret that I felt like he should have had more of a response to that than you're just, like, clapping <laughs> for John. Unless he has a deeper scheme going on here. No, they cut to him first and he was scowling. And then when he won, he was like, yeah, John. Yeah, so I was kind of confused by that. Like, <laughs> I feel like I kind of assumed that he knew at some point like it's been a little while yeah and and people don't certainly don't like stop when they're like oh let's let's shit on john like they they don't stop doing that a lot so i feel like (laughs) that rumor or that fact or whatever has has been heard around the place and they said like everyone saw him go out and bury her yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, but but the fact that they cut to him, I think it's gonna be a source of issue later. It's like, oh god, is that what was going on in practice the other day? Is that why he was so? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Better get some heads chopped off soon. I will say that I like I liked the the economy of it in terms of you know some, something that that always bothered me a little bit is Sam. And it, and it's very powerful in the books, but Sam like is so sneaky and so manipulative about this, and John just has no idea. And then it's like, and then it's like, 
oh my gosh, Jon Snow, you're Lord Commander. And then, you know, and then they're all like, Jon Snow, you're being such a bad Lord Commander. You know, and it's like, well, who elected me? You guys, you know. <laughs> so I didn't really mind that it was, it, it almost felt, that Jon's election almost felt spur of the moment. But, but I, yeah, the mechanics of it were kind of awkward. And how casually he took it. Like, oh, yeah. I was surprised he was like smiling. I thought he'd be more upset. I don't know why I thought he'd, I didn't think he'd be excited about it. Well, they didn't really build any emotional like heft into it, you know, yeah. like they didn't really emphasize. I mean, I guess they were okay. I guess at emphasizing the fact that like Alistair Thorne is going to make his life hell. True. Yeah. And they forgot about Mormon's Raven voting for him. <laughs> of course. Or, or, just all the bird things are being just totally screwed over in this show. Do, do you guys think that they're going to uh, have him kill Alistair Thorne? Or do you think it'll be Jaina Slint? No, like it I think it'll still be Jaina Slint. Slint. It'll, you because think? Alistair Thorne like, is a good character in the show. Like I would have voted for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just stop being a dick to John and we're cool. Well, he At this point on in the books, like this is where he does start to stop being a dick and be cool. He does stand up and he takes his commands. So I, I hope they don't take the way out and, have, and kill him instead. I mean, yeah, well, well, I was just curious. I don't know what they're going to do. They might not Thorne, kill either one of them. Is Thorne going to be sticking around or do you think he's going to be going away? He might die at hard home too. I think they're all going to hard home. Something's going down. Yeah, hard home. I think there's too much of a deficiency of, of, of Night's Watch characters to to send them to different castles and do that whole. Oh yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was also like, yay, Pippa and Grin are going to be so happy. Oh no. <laughs> it's going to be interesting if, if Sam sticks around because I'm still convinced they're not going to do the whole Bravo's Old Town thing with him because the whole thing in the show in the book is that he that the reason why things kind of fall one of the reasons why things fall apart for John is that he he sent all his friends away he doesn't have any friends around him to support him right. so we have Pip and Gren are dead in the show but we still have maybe have Sam around so I'm, I'm well wondering... Garrett Tuttle just showed up too oh so yeah he's, he's here too so... oh right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, telltale <laughs> jokes. Yeah. It's good to be on the inside sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Sam from this point forward in particular. I, I wonder. I'm really curious because I think that that might really confuse things. I you think, guys think yeah. uh, Frost Fingers is going to be on John's side? I'm sure he will. <laughs> I mean, I think Sorry. they're still going to send Sam away somehow. Sam is still going to leave. Yeah, I think eventually. Oh. And they they said they did, you guys mentioned it in the last podcast. Uh, they they did set it up a bit. When when they were talking, the where you go, I go. With them. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But is that an issue anymore now? Because like, if John's the whole problem was that John was Lord Commander, and the whole reason why people weren't going to vote for John is because he's he is a wildling lover, you know, and so he's definitely not going to exile them. And if there's no king's blood, I don't know. <laughs> Which by the way, some some people would be like, "Hey Sam, did you have a kid with a wildling woman?" <laughs> <laughs> he should play that angle up, but he yeah. can't because this, this whole this whole Snow Tarly ballot is all just a lot of suspicious <laughs> things under the yes. surface. I'm sensing a, a Melisandre candidate here. Ooh, I hear you're called Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, yes. is that what she actually sounds like? That is not how I pictured her in the books. <laughs> so I hold you called Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good um though i think in terms of the whole like where sam's gonna go thing um i i feel like the whole thing with jake and his kind of support that yeah they're not doing old town so i i just i don't know what they're gonna do with him i mean we, we don't know what the hell's going on in hard home and what's going True. on with Phoebe. so something else might just come up later on that would be the impetus for sam to leave yeah, we need to go treat with the night king <laughs> 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 well also, they'll like you 
It could be a dragon thing because isn't that partly why John sends Sam? Mm, that's why Eamon no, wants to, right? That's why Eamon wants to go. Okay, I knew there was no, something. They don't like even that. know about it. Right, but if they fa- they get, Sorry. you know how fast the ravens fly in Westeros. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're like yes. instant messages. It's like <laughs> they find out about it in like Bravos or something, not Westeros, right? But so that that's easily changed, and they could be like, "Hey, Sam, <laughs> we need you to research dragons." You know, so like, like, I, already, I already did it. I've got like these five books here, like references. <laughs> like, yeah, you need six months at the Citadel. Go. And Go, Sam take and Gilly with you. start buddy reading bait. detectives researching dragons in the basement. That's great. Yeah, we already have like 15 different buddy comedy type things or like cop dramas. We've got the Grey Worm Dario cop drama, which I think it's time to switch. I think it's time to head to Maureen and get some of that. Uh, right. So we, we go to Maureen. And we have Dario uh, helping Grey Worm explain the meaning of fear. They, they, they find a son of the heart be hiding in the wall. Um, I hate Dario. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just he's so, like, uncompelling. And, like, I'm just I'm just yeah. annoyed by him, by mm-hmm. his, like, self-confidence. You know, I'm like, why do you think you're so cool? You're not cool. Yeah, Exactly. It might be it's, petty, but yeah, I don't... No, every time he talks, it's like, stop. Stop. <laughs> I mean, he did stab a wall. That happened. True. <laughs> that, happened. <laughs> that is a point in his favor. You know, I do like how they're good. showing the Unsullied are, like, not equipped for the situation they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was yeah. It's like it's like a fine thing for him to say, like the whole like we you know we we cavort with with the people. We know what's happening. You guys, you're too uh, <laughs> you know conspicuous. So that was a that was a good line. Yeah, I thought that was like good. yeah, you know, becoming conspicuous is kind of what happens to you when like you're stolen from your family at age five and forced to murder for your whole life, and you know. And also, by the way, Dario, no offense, but you could stand to be a little more conspicuous. Maybe we would remember your name. Yeah. <laughs> you blend in a little too well. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, we go from here. You know, they catch this member of the Son of the Harpy. They bring him back to Daenerys' pyramid where they debate on his fate. You know, they've got all the people there. Mosadar, his dar, various dars, Barristan. <laughs> I really like his dar. I think... I would just trust whatever he said to me. Yeah, he's like this distinct feeling. It reminds me of somebody I don't know. Let him sing Lenny Kravitz cover songs to you. <laughs> Lenny you know, Zoe just... Kravitz. <laughs> Sunglasses at the fashion. When I was watching this scene, I was just like, Daenerys could really use Tyrion so bad. Mm. She has him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this whole thing with like he sounds just like Tyrion. Like it was so. It was even more poignant in this episode. Like when he first starts talking here, like he sounds like word for word like Peter Dinklage. His Tyrion voice is <laughs> crazy. I agree. It's gonna be a problem when they meet up and they're just talking to each other. Like who's talking here? I'm so confused. <laughs> So yeah, we get this bit with Mosadar, you know, he he's, he thinks that a fair trial is not going to work, it doesn't suit the politics of Marine, and, you know, Barristan's encouraging it, and he tells the story to Danny about, about her father, kind of finally reveals that he's he was not the best of dudes. Which I was just waiting for Dario to come in and interrupt him when he was, like, about to finish, because it's like, <laughs> they, they never would have got that shit out in the books. She can't find out anything about her family. Mm. <laughs> But, like, do you think she couldn't have gotten this far thinking her father, like, everything was a complete lie about him? Like, that blew my mind, which is she actually, like, thought that they were just making stuff up. Like, of course he was awful. I think yeah, part of it's denial. Know, but... I think it's not, it's not like she I mean, actually yeah, she, she grew up with, with Viserys telling her how it was yeah. a lie and everything, but she also knew 
from her time with Viserys how awful he was, and he was full of himself too. So she should have seen that. But, but I did only... love the speech by by Barristan. It was I loved getting that speech and and his exposition though. But I think Danny also like only pretty recently let herself, and recently I mean you know five years ago in terms of the show, but like um, in the actual timeline, fairly recently came to the understanding that that Viserys was such a toxic person and was you know so terrible. And I mean I can imagine you know like this is all like theoretical for her. You know it's it's not there is no practicality to it. She's never even seen King's Landing, so it's yeah. I was also a little bit like wow, you're still that naive, but it, I. I bought it in the end. I was actually surprised she accepted it so easily. I was expecting more like, shut up, mm. Barristan, you don't know anything. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> kind of what I expected. But yeah, the, the scene kind of you know sets up the whole discontent between her advisors thinking that, 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 that they should do different things, which kind of, you know, she ultimately decides that, she, that she's going to do the fair trial. She says that to Barristan, but then Mosador, he's just so not in on this plan. He goes to visit the guy, and the guy insults him, and he, and in response and retaliation, he, you know, kills him, uh, props him up in the street, writes, kill the masters in English, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's consistent. Hey, his grammar was great. Yeah, it was excellent. I mean, way better than Liana Mormont. Like, mm-hmm. just miles ahead. So yeah, and this kind of sets up the big dilemma that we're going to have here, where Danny has to respond to to this action. She has to do something about it, or she could be seen as you know, like clearly being showing favorites to the to the freedmen as opposed to the former uh, masters. So she decides ultimately to execute him, but not just execute him like you know in private without anyone seeing, but publicly in front of everybody without <laughs> a trial. Yeah, I really like the when Dario and uh, Hisdar are talking, and Hisdar's like, "She should have just cut off the traitor side of the pyramid." And he's like, "That's what I keep telling her to do to you." <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Hisdar Dario. Was right. Hisdar was right, though, and she should have done that, or, or she should have not killed him, but she should have done it where she did it. The thing is, I I keep going back and forth on whether or not she should have killed him. Like, I mean, obviously by like our standards of justice, she shouldn't have killed him, but I kind of. You know, History of Westeros was talking about, like, how, you know, she she determined to give this Son of the Harpy a trial, and then she doesn't give Mosador a trial, but I kind of, like, there really isn't, tri- there aren't trials to determine, like, punishments in <laughs> Westeros. Like, this I mean, society right, is not that advanced. They're, they're to determine guilt, and if you know someone's guilty, then the, right. the sentence is... Well, this is the thing I didn't understand about Mosador's logic. Like, I get that he doesn't really understand maybe how it works, but it's not like there's a concern that, like, that, like it's going to get buried under the politics and that the guy is not going to face justice if he clearly did, if he clearly is a member of Sons of the Harpy and and clearly is against the the monarchy that that Daenerys set up. It's not like he's going to fall through the cracks in the, in the legal system here, right? So why he might have a really good public def- uh, defense attorney? <laughs> I don't think Mosador is just aware of the public defense as a thing like or trials because it just didn't exist for yeah i i think he's still he's he's still in the mode of like i mean i imagine for a slave like if you did something wrong you were punished immediately and probably killed you know and he's he that's that's the mode he's in like this this whole thing really seemed very sad to me because it was you know like it like I mean, he also fucked up not just by killing the guy but by by you know dragging his body into you know, the light of day, like, otherwise they probably could have hushed it up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Danny probably wouldn't have, but you know, they could have. And, you know, th- they were all just kind of forced into these like public mistakes that like, see, it's all Dario's fault. If he hadn't found the guy, <laughs> then most of them would still be alive and nobody would be hissing at Danny or me. And, <laughs> 
but, but you got to think there. like his his first his first kind of taste of freedom is like delivering vengeance on all these slave masters, mm. and so he just sort of is like, well, this is what you do now that you're free, kind of. And I mean, I think he knows like, yeah, this is not a good idea. But then, the, like the way Danny responds, just like. Well, I had a press conference scheduled for three anyway, <laughs> so we might as well do this really big mistake. I'm not sure I agree with that interpretation. I think Mosador no. viewed that he was carrying out justice, mm-hmm. and you know he wanted to give Danny plausible deniability, to use the modern parlance. So he was carrying out her wishes that she couldn't do because of you know political. Uh, restrictions and then you know he doesn't view that he needs a trial he confesses his crime because he doesn't view it as a crime at all so he's kind of shocked that he's being punished for what he views as the right thing like it's a little more and the the problem is Daenerys when he enters she went enters and he just did exactly that she nailed all these masters to the to the cross. Yeah, so they expect mm. that kind of action from her. So they they expect that this kind of I don't know I, I wouldn't call it maybe a double standard, but they expect that they'd be showing should be showing them you know some some more some more respect than they've received in the past to the degree that they expect that she's kind of on their side. And when they learn that she's not, like that's just a huge revelation for them that she's trying to play fair and it obviously it doesn't work out. Right. There is no. There is no fair in their eyes like there is no like you know i think that like they're they're approaching this fundamentally differently you know i don't i don't know if danny's like taken the time to explain to anyone what her vision of a free society is you know where everyone's equal (laughs) under the law and like you know whatever all that happens and then right exactly mosador like breaks the law and he's like what are you talking about like that you know justice used to be only for the masters and now it's only for us and you know, there obviously he's wrong, but like there's no reason why he should understand otherwise. And I think it's fundamental here that justice has been defined through violence, right? Mm. So the the nailing up of the masters and the the slave uprisings, and not just in Marine, but across Slavers Bay, you know, political justice has been delivered through mass killings, essentially. So there's no reason, you know. It's hard to stop these kinds of revolutions when they get going or or stopping them from descending into general civil chaos, which I think the riot at the end of the these scenes kind of shows, you know, now you've created a society where you have two groups at war with each other that have, you know, been sanctioned to kill each other under the previous system and now under your new system and get away with it, that there's no repercussion for it. So you have a real powder keg of a situation there. I would say I think she she did the kind of did the right thing but the right thing isn't always the best thing yeah this is a very stannis decision she made she's like nope gotta kill him i have to that's the way it is that's the law well i don't think it's so much it's just the law and and she's just being stannis about it i think she's trying to show the the masters on the other side that these are your you guys are my people too and it's it's her her way of of finally extending an olive branch but right work also, let's stop using "let's being Stannis about it" as a as a negative. <laughs> it's not it's necessarily negative, but it's <laughs> just that's the way negative. he operates, right? He follows the letter of the law, and and I guess yeah, maybe that's a way yeah. to interpret. But he's got Davis there, and he's got Melisandre, and they're always arguing both sides. So he's he listens to his people also. Mm-hmm. And she's well, the I mean, one that decided that death was the punishment, no matter what. It could have been he just imprisoned in a dungeon or whatever, but she decided that nope, off with his head. Well, you, well, I think well she the decided is, death for a death. Yeah, I think that's what the nobles expect, though. Yeah, maybe that's the law there, or the the common uh, custom. Well, well right now she's not going to start uh, bowing to their customs. She's been against their customs ever since she got there, revolutionizing the whole system. She can make whatever law she wants. 
I don't think they they would have an idea of like murder could be punished by something other than execution. Like that's really advanced. You know. Yeah, but she's rocking their world and everything that she's introducing them to. <laughs> well, she's trying to do it, but I think that the the thing here is that the the their their concepts of how a society works are so deeply ingrained that despite her trying to install these new you know modes of thought, they're just not mm-hmm. catching. They're not working because I think like I fundamentally don't understand most of her logic here because I feel like you should have recognized that while she did open up with killing a bunch of these masters, you know, nailing to them to the to the posts, she doesn't kill them all. Like she clearly wants some kind of harmony. So why would she? Why would he assume then mm-hmm. that? that she would she wouldn't have a problem with him just See, killing a master. I don't think so. I, I I don't think he thought that she wouldn't have a problem with it. I think that he thought she wouldn't have as much of a problem with it. You know, I, I yeah. don't think that he thought that like I, I don't I still think that it was partly motivated actually for me I think a lot like significantly motivated just by his own anger and revenge. Yeah. You know, and I and then and then that was exacerbated once the guy, you know, started insulting Danny which was when he was like oh I was actually like protecting you um and then you know I I and I also agree I think it's a very good point that Danny is trying I mean it's not like she's trying to win points with the masters but like she she she's like we can you know bring these two sides into parody and even just the way that scene is filmed like demonstrates clearly that there is zero parody you know there is like she can have one former slave and one master on her council as much as she wants but they are on completely opposite sides of everything Mm -hmm. and they i mean like even you know even the way they react like the you know the the masters are dead silent the whole time and you know the slaves are obviously like yelling and 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 calling to her and hissing and you know and it's it's just completely different and i think danny hasn't she she hasn't even taken like marine 101 you know it's like i think the slaves just wanted pizza that was just what they were (laughs) have you guys seen like that video of them when they're like saying misa it's just like it sounds like pizza so there's just like pizza (laughs) (laughs) i'll have to i'll put that in the notes nobody told me about all this hissing i mean had i known obviously i would have gone a different way with it it was very unsettling. It was a yeah. really interesting way to end the scene. Just the way they right. all do it in unison, like it was, it was definitely unnerving. It was like right because like if it was just turn. the mob screaming in anger, it'd be really easy to dismiss of like, oh, there goes the mob. But it was this like, you should be shamed for what you've done here. Like we hate you. It was much more powerful than anything else I think they could have done. Unless they stood there silently, me. that would have been creepy. <laughs> and they're all just like clapping their fingers. <laughs> snapping, their, <laughs> snapping their fingers and walking at her. Isn't hissing a thing you do when you don't like the poetry? Isn't is that a thing? I know it's a thing in Grim Fandango. That's all I know. It's it is a. I think it is kind of the opposite of like applause. Yeah, like the, don't they hiss in like um during debates? They hiss. People yeah. hiss during debates. Well, that's yeah, like from from history, quote unquote, from history. I know that history. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, I've never been at a book reading where, like, if the, if it's not a good job, like, the, nobody hits it. <laughs> uh, one guy. One guy probably did his at one point, but he's crazy. But there's, like, I mean, there's boo hiss, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. He was on an oxygen machine. Yeah. That's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> All this dark humor in this episode. But it was also, like, Danny, you know, she, again, like, with not seeing the division, like, she, she thinks she's going to win points with the Masters, but, like, there are no points to win with the masters, you know, and in that way, I think that 
I think that uh, Mosador was right in that they, they don't actually understand. Obviously, nobody understands, but they don't understand from that perspective. Like, Danny is their enemy, period. It doesn't matter if she executes this one guy or not. Like, the only thing she did here was create more enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is like, I mean, if you want to boil it down, it's like, it's like you know, playing the Game of Thrones, you're not playing it subtly, you're not playing it savagely. This is like the, the sort of thing like Ned was doing, where he was just making enemies of everyone, even though he thought he was doing the right thing. And I think that that is kind of being set up as like, she needs Tyrion to, to write these mistakes, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of people didn't like the Danny plot in A Dance with Dragons. So I'm wondering, you know, we seem to be appreciating these scenes, at least in our discussion of Marine. So I wonder if the show would be better at translating it into something compelling than the book was. I think it's mainly that it was so exacerbated in the books, like it goes on for so long. I, I think that won't be a problem, hopefully, in the show, because they obviously aren't using as much material. And, and maybe unless she's in Marine for the next two seasons, I think it'll be it'll be done <laughs> and over with by the end of this. But she, 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 she doesn't like. I forgot what I was going to say. It's it's. Just, <laughs> I feel like these changes add more weight to her problems. Like these are this is a real problem. Yeah. Yes, oh, Danny oh, doesn't make a choice like this in the books. She yeah. in the books. I mean, not that her choices are small or or you know easy, but like the most compelling or moving thing that happens to her is is the the kid. You know, with with Drogon, she doesn't mm-hmm. have to execute one of her one of her advisors who fought for her and, you know, gives this moving speech. And, like, you know, I, I think that that was... Also, I mean, for us just watching, again, like, we don't have that parallel. Like, I didn't know. I, I, I You know, Danny was clearly making such a bad move at that point that that she could have said you know what uh never mind you know or like (laughs) cut him lightly punishment you know um and and you know it it all would have you know i i I felt that tension and they drew it out so like it's a long long shot and a long scene um and the noise that they build there you know i thought it was it was really just compelling to watch like forget what we know or don't know um, and yeah, and, and there is less, there is less politicking, you know, there is less of like, I hate sitting in this tokar on this hard chair, you know, Should, can we open the fighting pits now? No. <laughs> can we open them now? No. <laughs> now? No. Was... Guys, what about references to rabbit ears? Yeah, of course. We're not getting that. Oh, Danny, alas, alas. you have no tact at all. Yeah, that's a really good point, though, about how the scene was shot. I thought it was really, really clever, like you say, just making you feel uncomfortable as the viewer. Like, just it goes on for so long, and it, it just it was pretty masterful. I thought that was, was pretty good. And there's something very eerie about killing someone with a word. I don't, you know, Danny hasn't... Well, yeah, it's like the whole, like, the man who, who passes the sentence should swing the sword thing. Like, she's not doing that, so that's another fact. She actually, did, she actually didn't say anything. She just nodded her head. Right. Yeah, she's wearing barely. a white dress. You don't want to... Just get blood all over this. <laughs> I'm excited for her to start wearing black and red or something. This it's about time. It's quite right? too pure for her. That's a good point. I wonder if they'll change that. Mm. I mean, probably I after she comes back and she's all like, "I'm the queen of dragons. You will bow before me." <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know if they can do that because red is the Lannister color so much in the show that it might not translate for the. Like as as watching it on the screen does. If it's you know, if black, black is the primary color, I think yeah, and then like red dragon. joining the Night's Watch. If they do it a certain way, yeah. then we just have to put the dragon emblem like on everything. <laughs> All right. So before we get into more fashion discussion, uh, anything else on Marine? Uh, Drogon chooses. Her oh yeah. Well, yeah. Before, I'm in this section before we move. Oh okay. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> uh, we, we don't have to mention the dragon. Yeah, it's not important. 
<laughs> Their dragon budget is just blo- getting blown away here. I'm kind of concerned. <laughs> so yeah, we have to the last good. scene in in the in the uh, episode where where Danny is you know ruminating over her choice up at the top of the pyramid. She hears a noise that doesn't sound anything like a dragon and goes and looks and there, <laughs> lo and behold, is a dragon. Drogon has returned and he kind of like nuzzles close to her and she's reaching out to him and and eventually he just takes off. And he's huge. He's gigantic. Yeah. She could definitely ride that dragon. Yep. I, I I think my favorite thing about this was that they really pound home the whole Misa thing, mm-hmm. you know, and with with the slaves and right. they and they have Mosador basically. I don't remember if he actually calls her mother, but he, you know, it's it's very yeah he does right like when yeah, he's, he's like, like Misa, please he's like Misa yeah. forgive me yeah um, and damn it Danny you couldn't like even have just said yes like you know um, but. Um, anyway, yeah, and I think this is this is a definite parallel to this. That Danny is defined in this weird way by these children that she hasn't given birth to, and all of them, she has somehow wronged all of them, and they are all abandoning her and turning against her. And I think that you know that theme definitely is there in the books, but it, just the way I, I think you know something simplified work really nicely, and I think seeing this simplified. Is, is beautiful and very moving. Uh, I don't disagree with your interpretation, but I think another way to look at it is that Drogon was already gone. They were elsewhere, but she, he came back and he didn't show any real animosity towards Danny. So there, there's also a sense of hope there that yeah. she can turn this around. Yeah, I, I was kind of with your reading, Michal, as well, but then I heard like you saying that on the forums, I think, Bing, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, it does seem like it's, like, I was reading it as like, oh, he's 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 left her, but I guess maybe that he kind of has, in some degree, kind of returned to her, and is, and I, could, I guess that could be read as him supporting her, her decisions here or something. Mm-hmm. But she looks so sad when he flies away. Like, I, it's not that yeah. that's wrong, I just think that, you know, the way she's feeling is that she is right. bereft. Right, her, her, her own feeling is different than what maybe the scene could potentially point to. See, the dragon but, needs to work in his vocabulary. Let, let's say that dragon did like nuzzle up to her and come down and like I don't know, she hugged it or something. What was she gonna do with it? It's better that it flew away to her, because otherwise she's gonna have to put it in that cave with the other two. Right. <laughs> yeah, true. And I, the way I interpreted. Drogon's face for what it's worth. It didn't seem like very open. He seemed still a little bit snarly, if that's a Yeah. Yeah, that at, at least reticent. Like, you know, he had the yeah. little like the dog thing where they pull up the lip and show their teeth just a little. They're not growling at you, but they're definitely hesitant. I, I'd like <laughs> to use a metaphor I saw that I think is that really fits this. You know, before he was like the the surly rebelli- rebellious teenager, but now he's like the ungrateful college student who came back to get his laundry done and that's <laughs> He's still, he's, he's still kind of sizing her up a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah, it's like, hmm, nice place, Mom. Later. <laughs> Later. <laughs> he, left a, he left a big dump on the top of the pyramid. <laughs> yeah. I see you took down that harpy. That was good. <laughs> Did anyone else think that like he kind of looked like Draco from Dragonheart? I mean, I didn't actually expect him to start talking like Sean, Sean Connery. <laughs> he kind of looked like I could just... <laughs> He's got the some of the facial. I mean, it's a dragon. There's only so many ways yeah, to make a, a little more fierce. I think look. a little more fierce, but yeah, I can buy it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't the general have the blunt, shape, the blunt yeah. nose of, of Draco. I think uh, one final thing to say about the scene why it's so so great is like, and it is so open to interpretation is that there's barely any dialogue. Yeah, like, yeah. there's barely any dialogue you could have with a dragon, but it's <laughs> every, every everything is portrayed with acting, and this is one of the few scenes where Amelia Clark is really doing good acting hmm. after a long time. 
of speaking in very monotone. And Andy Circus doing a great job as Drogon. Yeah, he's killing it. He's killing it. <laughs> I don't know so how to read talented. Dragon Emotions, but he's killing it. He's going to go burn down Lake Town now. After that picture we saw, were they like pushing down a big fluffy thing into her face? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tennis ball. And a She's ball. like reaching up to touch it. I'd say yes. I'm yeah. sure it was. I'm sure it was. All right. So I think that that pretty much is it. Uh, a lot of cool stuff discussed here. I had a good time. Thank you guys once again for, for joining me for this. It was a lot of fun. And we'll be back next week, I think, for, for episode three. I hope so anyway. That, that's the plan in case anything crazy happens, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that'll wrap uh, Are it. we having an apocalypse discussion again? I mean, yeah. I mean, are, are we going to be here later? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right, so that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Anyone who's listening, once again, I'll make that comment. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dragoncast. That is it. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Bye. Thanks. Farewell. Bye. Listen, Dragon Roar. We, we finally got our dragon sound. <laughs>
<laughs> that would like be Greg weird. last I feel week like be... on the main podcast. Oh, where Greg did I, double duty. I didn't do it this week. <laughs> I feel like I'd be saying all the same things. It's like yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think know. I can yeah, do that. Yeah, but different accents, though. True, true. <laughs> would you go all out accent? <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. Maybe I would. Maybe I would. Well, Nicole has been our British narrator a few times now, so precedent. Yes. You'd have to create a false name and just pretend you're someone else. Uh, Nicole I'll- Esquire the Third of, of Yorkshire. <laughs> That bird that saved you to Caribbean, for the record. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Squire the Third. That makes the sense, English right? That totally Fox. makes sense. It's Mr. The Third. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you guys. Classic. We don't have any baseball discussion to distract us this time. No, but apparently we lost our entire Star Wars podcast. Sounds like it's not going to make it. Uh, I think we could use Shellfish as if Last Resort. Like, even yeah. if it sounds weird, it'd be fine. You said there's video game noise on it. That's fine. That's good background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder what he was talking about a three-minute trailer. He said he was killing honey badgers. I wonder what he's playing. What? <laughs> If you I'm lost impressed. Peter That's saying I'm pop- killing honey badgers, I will be very angry. <laughs> <laughs> what podcast did you say he was Why doing that? Angry? That sounds the Star Wars amazing. Mm. I'm saying if he lost him yeah. saying that and I can't hear it, I will be angry. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Oh my god, Tumblr! This is ridiculous. What's up? Oh, I'll show you. Um, there's just a terror factory. Who is the Padres fan, by the way? Me. We're tied four four. Yeah, I'm paying attention. You know, I was just I was just looking. The Padres actually have like the um the the, the highest runs scored so far this season. Yes, which you is do. Like, I mean, what's been the '90s since that happened? You guys traded for every single batter that was available. This is the first time in my life we've spent money. Why are you a Rockies fan, Bing? I'm, I live in Colorado. I'm, oh. I'm a fan of oh, yeah. basically Colorado everything. Oh, cool. Except I'm not. I'm an Avalanche fan. <laughs> oh, you're an Avalanche fan? Awesome. I lived in Denver for eight years. <laughs> oh, wow. They suck this year. Oh. Uh, a lot of Colorado on this podcast. Yeah. Hey, Colorado I just live here. Better states. Colorado's better states. <laughs> I have most states, yeah. I don't brother in Colorado. Mm. I was in Colorado once. I refuse to go skiing. Skiing is fun. I like that. I like sledding board better. Sledding board? I'm not <laughs> familiar with that. What is that? Sledding board. It's just a. It's just a. You literally just find anything that can hold you and just lie down. Oh, okay. We call that sledding. Like a dinner plate. Yeah. <laughs> a dinner plate. <laughs> How small do you think he is? Oh, isn't that a thing? I remember doing that when I was little. You get a, a like a dinner tray, not a plate. <laughs> Of course, like the cafeteria trays at like yeah cafeteria tray yeah, I've done that. All right, I never have. (laughs) We've already established you have a boring life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you haven't experienced the the wonders the dinner tray sledding has to offer. Well, he does record in a towel, so true. About brown chicken, brown cow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Happened one time. 
Unfortunately, that joke is most definitely on me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody here knows what brown chicken, brown cow means. It sounds like the porno music. Yeah. Is that what it referenced to? Yeah. Okay. She thought I was like actually showering with a brown chicken. And a brown <laughs> <laughs> what? On his farm in Vermont. <laughs> As you are wont to do. Oh, yeah. Listen, how do I know how many showers there are in Vermont? <laughs> what? I don't what? even know how many showers I think they have indoor on. indoor yeah. plumbing. And it's a modern they, state. They just got the internet last year. Yeah. That's what you think. But, but it's, it's for lovers, right? Or no, that's for That's the other state that begins with V. <laughs> hey, the East Coast is all the same to me. <laughs> oh, oh, that's is, is the Canadian. Wait a minute, was that the V? Hold on, I'm Canadian. Let's not get Who out said of it? control here. I thought, I thought you said that. I'm sorry. Oh, I lived in Canada until January. I lived there for the last four years. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you mean congratulations on getting out? Yeah. Getting out, yeah. Hey, 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 now. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's a nice place. I've been to many a strip club. Guys, like, defrost? <laughs> in Montreal. Oh, yeah. There's actually yeah. a little dive right over the border where they don't only strip. That's interesting. Well, wow. yeah, Stephen, aren't you, like, leaving the middle of nowhere finally? Is yeah, I'm moving at the end of the month. Yeah, cool. I'm leaving if so, I I basically live in I do live in the Canadian subarctic, and I, I'm moving south. So it's exciting times. Cool, good. Where do you live? Yeah. <laughs> he lives in a place that is like so cold that like it doesn't even have a name. It's just like cold on the map. It's <laughs> <laughs> all that white stuff up there. The land what? of always winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I I actually live in a town called Fort Smith. Which is on the 60th parallel, so it's this dividing line between the rest of Canada and the Arctic territories. So I think of it as the Wall, and I am at Castle Black, and the rest is this <laughs> barren hinterland devoid of civilization. And now your watch is ended. You live in the gift. My watch has ended, and I'm returning to the South Ron lands. You have found permissions. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. I'd like to see my family again. <laughs> no, but it was I really was funny. Of you. All the time, like this whole winter, I would like bitch about the cold on Twitter, and then Steve would be like, "It's negative 30 You know nothing of the cold. Sweet, <laughs> well, I was born. <laughs> my soul's turned cold up here. Wow. It's literally in the Northwest Territories. Yes, it is. I've, I'm, I try not to he sound like I'm exaggerating. <laughs> I, I try to play it pretty straight. Like I think my is my picture on here the same? Yeah. So that's how I have to dress at work, like during that's like the Fourth of July picture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think they draw so 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 the first snow comes usually before Halloween, and it doesn't leave. Like there's still snow on the ground now. Oh. But it's it's Halloween warmer. Like a little later than American Hunt, or a little earlier. That's Thanksgiving, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Do you get like? It's only like a few hours like of daylight in the winter. Uh, the day, I'm pretty far south comparatively, so we don't get the 24 hours of nighttime. Comparatively to what? Okay. Well, <laughs> pole. <laughs> it's, yes, that's literally true. But if you live in a community uh, a few hundred kilometers north of here, they say, you know, the sun sets on like the 21st of December and then four weeks later they have a celebration when the sun peaks over the horizon in like mm -hmm. mid-January. 
That's oh nice. my god! But it's not that bad here. But in the summertime here, it never gets dark. Like the sun sets, quote unquote. But the mm. sky is at most twilight. Even right now, it is nine o'clock, and I can still see around my apartment from this like natural light. It just kind of hovers there. Whoa. It is. It yeah, changes really, really quickly. <laughs> is there a moon up there? <laughs> there is a moon, uh, and when it is full, it's full of dragons. <laughs> it's Wednesday it full, here. What day is it, it there? Is. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's it is full, Wednesday, uh, but it's a different Wednesday. <laughs> it has an extra. Wednesday. It has an extra U in it. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be surprised where it falls. Are the O's capitalized? <laughs> I don't get that one. I'm sorry. Zach. I was referencing the spelling of Stannis earlier. Uh, it ends. Uh, it is set relatively south. It's literally on the borders of Alberta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So south. you know, compared to the rest of my countrymen in the Northwest Territories, I get the pansy, comfortable winter, oh. but. They you talk know, every time Nicole is, oh man, it's minus two degrees today, and I'll be celebrating because it's minus twenty, and I can wear a lighter coat. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't! You I chose to go live there. We all need yeah. to eat. <laughs> we all need to joke. eat all day. <laughs> Yeah, all my Canadian reference comes from like uh, playing Risk, so I know that Northwest Territory can only be in- invaded from Alberta and Greenland. <laughs> so but I don't know if that's actually accurate. Is that accurate? <laughs> it's probably uh, not accurate. There's like a, a, a bridge from Greenland to Northwest Territory. If this. I recall correctly, well, first, uh, the territory that is now Nunavut is also joined with the Northwest Territories yes. in the Risk map, but that was also true for until 1999. Yes. Uh, and I, oh. I don't remember if the Yukon is also included in the Northwest Territories or not. So I'd have to look at the risk map. Probably, though. Yukon's not in, in risk. I guess it's just included in Northwest yeah. Territories. Yeah, so it's probably just Northwest Territories. They have, like, the newer risk board where they, like, have different crossings. Well, you what? can add bridges. You, you can add a couple bridges, but I don't like that. They put stickers in for that. Oh, boy. I haven't played a risk in a while. <laughs> There's a reason why you haven't played risk for a while. Friendship is Shots. No, no, I mean, it's, it's one of those games where you think it's great, and then you sit yeah. down and play, and then nine hours go by, and you go, this is yeah. horrible, what have I done? Yeah. You either, you either have to play it on the computer, and then you deadlock, or... right? Then you yeah. got 50 <laughs> armies against 48 armies going yeah. between Siam. Depends and if you're playing for world domination or if you're playing objectives. If you're playing objectives, you can play a game in, in an hour and a half. It's... Yeah, but objectives uh, suck. Yeah. <laughs> There's no winner. Yeah, because otherwise it just ends up with like one person, maybe two people get really powerful and they're like, look, let's take the next six hours letting me win. And it's like inevitable. And then everyone else gets real bitter and doesn't call them for a year. <laughs> you sound that's very specific. That's why you had did to you leave lose, Canada. Did you lose someone close over risk? He took Australia, no. didn't he? More, more, more than once. <laughs> Stupid Australia. <laughs> Hey. It's like, look, I'm reinforcing there to start. Why you gotta do it too? You're just a dick. <laughs> so, guys, is anyone other than Greg going to the convention? Nope. Uh, no, I'm going by myself. No one else. <laughs> just Greg will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Greg alone no, at the castle. Hello. Does anybody want to play Risk? 
It's Game of Thrones theme. I'd like to think we'd be playing the Game of Thrones board game, and yes, we would. Is it time for trivia yet? I'm <laughs> Looks like I won the costume contest. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Sound. I'm not even competing. <laughs> I'm dressed as myself Greg, and my fantasy. Greg, are you going to dress as Shireen? Oh, Wyman Mandel. Of course. Are you Wyman this time? Yeah, I didn't dress up last time. I was too self-conscious. I thought I, you did. Like, oh, no, it was uh, Thomas that did Stannis, right? He was Stannis, yeah. yeah. Are you going to bake a pie, Greg? I'm going to bring a pie. Oh, oh that's good. great. That's I don't think they served pie last time, so I have to make sure there's pie there. Is it going to be like a pork pie, something that you can pass off as legitimately human flesh? I don't know. I don't have <laughs> probably. <laughs> It hasn't worked out that detail. <laughs> <laughs> Will the season move far enough for us to get the Frey Pies this season? I don't know if we're even going to have Manderly. Yeah, he's not cast. Oh, Son of a bitch. We're not getting Liana Mormont in actual human form. so no. Rianne will bring the Frey Pies. <laughs> Maybe it'll end up moving slower than we think, right? Like, That's why she's visiting the twins. <laughs> Maybe I think they're going to spend a lot of time on what's going on with Danny this year, just because that's I don't know. I think they have a lot of. Well, I think they're there. getting to Winterfell, but I, maybe they'll do Manderly later, like in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it could. I don't know. But I mean, it could just be like Winterfell. You know, maybe they don't. Maybe we don't see a lot, or I don't know. Because they, they, no. they well, what, what was that interview where he's saying, "Oh, we're not really spoiling the books much," you know, like the, the first scene and the last scene yes. are all in the book, so you know, <laughs> we're not we're not doing too much. Well, it's going to end with John dying, right? That's I think we can say that now, right? So that's going to be their ending of dance. I don't what? think we can say that officially. Well, I think uh, that we can assume that um, based on the early how early he was elected, Lord. Well, yeah, because I, I thought they were going to drag out the election for like three episodes, and the fact right. that they got that uh, so easily—that's that's. I mean, what other is like what other they big events? A lot to do in Hardhome, apparently. They're just hanging out there for episode after episode, doing stuff. Apparently, we haven't even <laughs> yeah. heard of it yet. Though. I think it's going to happen. Third Hardhome. ranging. John shows up and like we should move here. Yeah, I like it here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see the Peter's like thing from our last episode about like um, Ghost and Ed? You <laughs> must go to the heart. <laughs> oh my god, that, that was, was the best Star thing Wars ever. Reference, wasn't it? It yes. was. Yeah. Yes, I, I got. I understood that culture reference. Uh, that was hilarious. <laughs> Rocky's oh, one. Uh, Rocky's one on a uh, walk off. <laughs> oh, good. Seems like what Rocky the Rockies would do. Wait, what? Somebody hit a home run on the Rockies? No, no, it was just a single. <laughs> <laughs> I like that playoff game where Matt Holliday never touched home plate. Oh, he touched the home plate. He saw his chin. His chin was bloody. I was so disappointed when I went to Colorado because I thought, like, I was told so much how the air is thinner. And, like, I was, I was like, oh, I'm going to be, like, 20 pounds lighter. I'm going to be able to run fast. And, like, <laughs> it's like on the boot. It's exactly you could the same. Like, no. we went to a baseball park. No. I thought I could, like, hit, like, a 400-foot home run. It's like, no, it was the same. The air is thinner. It's <laughs> the opposite. You, you won't be able to run as fast. Yeah, you won't be able to Yeah, but breathe. I don't understand science. You wanted to be Greg Carter of Colorado. Of I, yeah, I used to love when I'd go back and visit in San Diego because I'd be like, oh, my gosh, so much oxygen. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. No, it doesn't actually work like that speaking no. all i remember is my mom getting frustrated when she tried to bake something she's like oh this is fucking three thousand feet messes up my <laughs> you, your mom got frustrated when she got baked <laughs> no <laughs> that's a colorado can in colorado it wasn't oh, yeah. legal at the time <laughs> but your mom did it anyway uh, stop talking about my mom <laughs> <laughs> touchy 
Varley already called me a child of incest. This is enough. <laughs> Sensitive subject. <laughs> oh I take goodness. it back, buddy. It's all right. Uh, at least you don't have to shower with livestock. <laughs> we'll have our own things. What? Oh, no. <laughs> Brown chicken brown cow. <laughs> I mean, it's sexy livestock, but still livestock. It's sexy livestock in Vermont. We're known for we it. Do. They have standards. Maybe, maybe I pronounce chicken wrong, but the way you wouldn't pronounce it. That, I mean, it, it's not brown chicken. Brown. It's it's brown chicken. Brown cow. Brown chicken. Brown cat. And that works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brown chicken. Brown um, but chicken. what are you trying to say? Brown chicken. Wow. Wow. It's not brown like chicken. Brown. It's like the the changing it to brown chicken. <laughs> oh, makes it okay for kids. All right, I think I'm gonna go because I have stuff to write and read and. Bleh. Yeah, I feel like edit a podcast. I have to sleep. I Good run. luck with that yeah, editing. Yeah, Zach, don't take so long this week. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you, you got like, 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 competition <laughs> from the Wolfcast because they were recording tonight yeah, as well. Or they're, they're in well, they're a different time zone, but. Well, they've probably got four hours to edit. No yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And someone did leave one YouTube comment saying, geez, guys, the episode was four days ago. Take your time. I couldn't couldn't tell if he was being sarcastic, but I don't think he was. I love how you read every comment. comment. You've got to chill out there, Greg. (laughs) Greg never comments on anything. I know. That's what he's sarcastic. Geez, guys, great podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Podcast was so good. I think you know, you're projecting lot, something. <laughs> a lot of the Game of Thrones podcasts that come out, like on you know Monday morning or whatever, like over the last few years, most of them have all done like Kickstarters and like you have to pay us to do this because it's such a big chore. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying it's we'll free. You know, people shouldn't complain. Yeah. No, but I'm also kind of obsessed with reading the comments on YouTube. Damn it, Nicole. Why? Because because. Because, do you want to feel bad? Because yeah. people don't know what Kingsgrave is. I uh, first of all, yeah, I feel plenty lemons. bad anyway. Lemons. <laughs> <laughs> what are lemons? <laughs> Why do you guys keep talking about lemons? And I, it's, you know, because we're like it's such a like close knit community that we like don't really get outside feedback on the yeah. forum. I'm just stuff. interested to see what people, you know, people are saying. Yeah. Even if they're YouTubers. I don't have a YouTube presence. You know, it's the only, like, online-y thing I do, so I, I, I am interested. But uh, I haven't responded to any of them. So I know Patrick and uh, some others have actually tried to respond to them. But... Oh, God, bad idea. <laughs> but keeping it positive, of course. Oh, no. The actual uh, Vassals of Kingsgrave them. YouTube, whenever there's a comment, is that always Duncan? Or do you, do you other people also post under that? <laughs> he posts. Oh, you mean who, like, posts the video? Mike. Maybe no, Vic. but it, like under the comments, sometimes it says Vassal King Grave responds to something him. or another. Oh, I've it's been, not me. I've, yeah. I've I've been on the account. I've never done anything on it though, really. Well, it's also. I mean, <laughs> the, I I I I, I kind of liked it because I was like stealth, sort of called like a misandrist, and that's like a feather in my cap. It's like, well, what about violence against men? <laughs> oh, I love that one. <laughs> 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 Like, when, when was the last time they even killed a woman on the show? 
like uh, Shay. Yeah, you see Brienne just slaughtering man after man. Yeah, it's just it's not, it's not right, guys. Men's rights. <laughs> like the guy from Parks and Rec. The, uh, she, she just slaughtered the hound and didn't even think twice yeah, about it. Those guys have families. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? She says in Parks and Rec, she's just like your your cause is ridiculous or something like. like she's like, fair, I just she's got like, here and didn't hear what you were saying anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm giving you all an imaginary group hug right now. All right, bye. You're accepted. I want to touching. <laughs> okay, and white room is gone. All right, but have a good night, you guys. You too. Bye. 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 Bye, guys. Stay warm. Yep. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.